0: Spoilers! We got plenty of spoilers coming up on this episode, and probably every episode we ever talk about. If we're going to talk about a movie, we are going to what, Derek? Spoil the poop poop out of it. So,
1: if you haven't seen the movies or TV shows we're about to talk about or mention, you might want to tune out and then tune back in once you're all caught up to speed. Right. So, with that said, on with the Transmission.
2: (laughs) Yeah. This is Central Control, stand, stand by. by.
1: Transmission beginning. Welcome, you fine people. Hey Tim, did you happen to know that uh, we have the most well-endowed audience out there? I went out and measured.
0: <laughs> Man, I did know that. You know, yeah. I accidentally brushed up against our audience the other day, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Whoa. Our audience has a huge dick. <laughs> I mean,
1: we have female listeners, too, but I couldn't measure them because that would be weird, honestly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so anyway.
1: Yeah, so you're Tim, I'm Derek, and yeah. Uh, this this whole episode we're doing here, why don't you tell us? I'm going to go get my uh, spoon and bowl of cereal.
0: Yeah, to prep for our children's programming episode of Transmissions from the Forbidden Planet. The easiest title to say. <laughs> 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 uh yeah we're gonna walk our way through uh the children's programming whether it be live action cartoons muppets and all that kind of stuff all of Just...
1: it it's a plethora a plethora of entertainment that you're gonna hear about today but enough about that i got my cereal unfortunately tim we have chocolate milk and we have apple so we're gonna have to make do <laughs>
0: oh, that <laughs> is fucking violent <laughs> oh jeez
1: <laughs> Apple Jacks
0: and <with> chocolate <laughs> milk. Is that,
1: I made myself physically ill saying that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On with the show, as they say.
2: It's adventure time with Arthur awesome Manny.
1: You look at the history of television, it really spawns from the popularity of kids programming on radio back in the early 30s and stuff like that. The radio was big. Right. And once they found out that there were a lot of listeners with kids, they started programming directly for kids. So that's when you saw things like Superman.
2: Boys and
1: girls, your attention, please. Presenting a new exciting radio program featuring the thrilling adventures of an amazing and incredible personality.
2: Faster than an airplane More powerful than a locomotive Impervious to bullets Up in the sky, look It's a bird, it's a plane It's Superman
0: Little Orphan Annie Whom do you see?
1: It's Little Orphan Annie Dick Tracy
2: Calling all adventure fans Calling all Dick Tracy fans Stand by, Dick Tracy is on the air
1: And of course, The Shadow shadow nose. (laughs) Catered mainly to kids. I mean, adults listen, too. All of that stuff was big, big money, big draws. A lot of advertising went through there. If you
2: don't have your decoder badge, here's how you can get one for your very own. First, get a jar of the official Secret Squadron drink delicious chocolate-flavored Ovaltine.
1: So, of course, once TV becomes a prominent fixture in America's living rooms, Mm -hmm. that is when you saw advertisers in the mid-40s start saying, we need to start programming for kids like we did on radio, because that was big business. So, that's when you saw in 47, Howdy Doody hits the airwaves.
2: Say, kids, what time is it?
1: (laughs) And I will tell you this, I do remember CBS reviving it in the late 80s the howdy doody show i mean and it coming on and that was my first time yeah i remember that yeah yeah they had the original host the same buffalo yeah. bill he came back and he hosted oddly enough it was buffalo bill that's It's <laughs> a little creepy now but i he, he was
0: arrested for having a woman in his basement <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, he pretended his arm was
0: broken it was broken yeah no <laughs> anyway <laughs>
1: But that was my first introduction into what a marionette puppet was, uh, seeing Howdy Doody for the first time. Because up till that moment in my life, puppets looked like Muppets. That was how... That's what a
0: puppet was to me. Right, So the string puppets were a new thing to me. A marionette, as it is called. A marionette. I was familiar with Howdy Doody. He was still in popular culture when I... You know, I'm a little older than you, but... Right. He was still in popular culture, and you would see, I don't even know if it was like syndicated reruns or something, but uh, you know, like even they would even re- reference him a lot on uh, like Happy Days. Alright,
2: come on, man, this dance is on me. Sunday, Monday, Happy Days. Tuesday,
0: but anyway, Monday, yeah, I, I do kind of remember a little bit of that. And um, going to your favorite, they had George Reeves as uh, Superman. Oh, I- yeah. hiya boys and gals there can only be one
2: superman of course did you ever think about some of the super things that you can do for yourself
0: I do remember watching syndicated shows uh in black and white starring George Reeves but you know in the in the 70s okay And they would have been like 20 something years old at that point but uh I was going to say, I just remember loving the hell out of it and him, you know, the bullets bouncing off his chest and he'd always jump out the window. <laughs> <laughs> right. He'd do that little bounce first. Yeah, the little bounce, right. <laughs> right,
1: yeah. I mean, I saw this show the first time on something Nickelodeon would actually, at around 7 p.m., would start changeover to Nick at Night.
2: For your viewing day. Right. They
1: started showing all of the old shows like from the 50s and 60s and stuff, right. yeah. and they showed this show. I, I mean, by that time, I'd already known uh, Superman as Chris Reeves, right. so seeing this guy play him, I was like, well, I don't know about this guy, but <laughs> he, he, it was still Superman, so I had to watch it. Right. Right. Well, you I mean, you get to 1955, and there was another really hugely popular TV show for kids. It was called Captain Kangaroo.
0: Yeah, I never saw it, but I knew of it.
2: Here comes Captain Kangaroo.
0: He went. He definitely went all the way into the either late '70s or early '80s, and when he retired, because he stopped doing it in the '90s. Was it really? Yeah. Wow, I know. <laughs> Crazy. I don't okay because I do kind of vaguely remember watching that and just not being very excited with it
1: right and I never saw it I don't know if it was because I didn't have the channel it was on or whatever it was for some reason I never saw it but I have seen pictures or probably even commercials for it I just never had enough interest to tune in and watch the show or seek it out yeah
0: yeah There was a popular one in New England, because I came up in New York, called Zoom. And it was out of Boston, and it was basically just like a kid's show run by kids. Right. And they did like journalist reports, and I don't <laughs> even know. It was I vaguely remember that. It was more my sister's generation, and she's seven years older than me and, she, and I remember watching it with her and kind of just being like I don't like this either <laughs> <laughs>
1: the Nickelodeon must have been watching at the time and said hey we can turn this into something called you can't do that on television
2: yeah.
1: you know what I mean that show was kind of
0: you like can't that. do that on television which I loved yeah me too I had a crush on Moose, the girl, the the main girl with the dark hair. Right. It was a Canadian show, if you remember. Oh, yeah. It was Canadian, and it was basically a skit show. It was like a, a Saturday Night Live for kids. For
1: kids, right, yeah.
0: And they had that... They, the one adult was that one old guy who played all the male characters. He played the coach, and he played the yeah really gross chef at the school. I, and I the, was yeah. always
1: <laughs> super creeped out by that guy.
0: I know. He kind of seemed like... <laughs> And he did the voiceovers for the announcement. Right. You can't do that that on television, you know? One bit that they would did, I remember, it would say, the MIT versus UCLA game, it will not be aired tonight because Matukla is a dirty word in Marunda Burundi. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know why I still remember that, but I just remember thinking it was really weird, funny, stupid shit when I was 10. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We had cable really early in the mid '70s, but all right. all it was was basically a cable. It replaced your and your rabbit ears, and it was a cable that went directly to the TV. Right. And what you got was your local channels that were all in check: ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS. Because right. Fox didn't exist yet. Right. And and uh, you got we got HBO. That was cable. Right. <laughs> that was all right. we had. And then, and it wasn't until. Nineteen eighty-two, or or yeah, right around eighty-two or eighty-three. Okay. We got a cable box, and it was <laughs> uh, with the full Monty, like USA Network and right uh, uh, yeah. WGN.
1: I remember getting WGN right and figuring out who the hell is Bozo the Clown. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Introducing Bozo. The world's most famous clown!
0: Nickelodeon was on there, and I was so right. fucking excited for Nickelodeon. And um, <laughs> right. first chance to really dig in to Nickelodeon, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to cut aside the, uh, the regular Saturday morning lineup, ABC, NBC, CBS, and I'm going to go straight to Nickelodeon. <laughs> right. And uh, I turn it on, and it's this little, like,
1: sesame street ripoff in a way well yeah you know? it's like
0: a sesame street ripoff and it's like preschoolish it's called pinwheel and i'm like oh god i hate this what is this this is awful this isn't what i want and i want something cool <laughs> right because i was probably like 11 so i'm a little older you know right and i'm of like course. all right i guess i'll just Go to the regular Saturday morning cartoons for a while and I'll come back. <laughs> so I do that, like an hour passes and I come back and fucking pinwheel's still on. It's still on. <laughs> Alright. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I think I was close to the top of the hour, you know, I so I was like, Oh, I'll just watch this for fucking 12 minutes or whatever. Nine o'clock comes and passes. The commercial break goes through. There's no new show. It's still Pinwheel.
2: Pinwheel, pinwheel, spinning around. Look my and see what I no, What the
0: fuck is going on? All right. So I I go back to cartoons or whatever and watching whatever the hell I wanted to watch and I come I'm like I come back later, it's like eleven o'clock. And that show's still on. <laughs> and I was freaking out. I'm like, I'm what the I was yelling. I'm like, what the hell is this? This is bullshit. It was like a five hour show or something like right. that. Right. Yeah, it
1: seemed like it for sure. I remember my first experience with it was very similar. I was like, Why does this keep going on? And what are these rip off things? Like they had a rip off kind of sort of Of Bert and Ernie, I think it was like plus and minus, I guess, to teach kids math. They also had Paddington Bear on there. They had these weird marionette puppets that were supposed to be, I think, light bugs, lightning bugs, whatever they're called. And those were really disturbing looking, I remember. Interesting. But of all things from that show, the one thing I remember is that theme to Pinwheel. The theme to Pinwheel burned in your brain.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have no memory of it at all just the name and that song. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I re- <laughs> the only other thing I remember that I loved from that show was Bill Cosby's picture pages,
2: picture pages, picture pages, time to get your picture pages, time to get your crayons and your pencils.
1: Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he did it specifically for that show yeah. or they bought it from another show. I'm not sure where they got it from, but I remember it on that right, show. I
2: don't know. Yeah. There you are. And here I am. And I want to introduce you to a couple of my friends. This is Wellington the Wiggly
0: Worm. Yeah, recently my dad was telling me about, he's 73 or 74 now, so he was a a young kid in the 50s, early 50s. And there was a show called uh, Captain Video and the Video Rangers. Stand by
2: for Captain Video and his Video Rangers.
0: Where I guess you would watch, you know, watch these guys do their space adventures and shit. And you could order away for a helmet and then like wear the helmet and outfit while you watch the show. You mean the glass helmets like we wear? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> very similar. And uh, it's funny because there's a Honeymooners episode where uh, Norton, Ed Norton, uh, is a fan of the show and has one of those helmets and is watching <laughs> Captain Video. Good old Norton.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Official space helmet off! Get the video wherever you are!
1: But we kind of got ahead of ourselves as far as the timeline goes, uh, talking about Nickelodeon and Pinwheel, so let's get back into the late 50s. It's almost over, anyway.
0: I think as we get out of, you know, 50s, you have sitcoms, too, like Leave it to Beaver and Make Room for Daddy and all that kind of crap. Right. But the kids programming stuff, they, I think cartoons start to become more and more popular rather than these, these serialized live action shows. Right. I guess we should say The Lone Ranger was huge in the 50s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing reruns. The
2: Lone Ranger and it
0: ran it ran all the way in like into the early 80s or whatever right
1: they even made the transition into uh probably a few cartoon renditions i remember watching one when i was a kid and that was my introduction to the character of lone ranger and tonto
0: yeah right that's from that guy i was talking about the... because all of his cartoons look they did a, they did tarzan one it's the same production house they did tarzan uh, of the jungle they did Janna of the Jungle or something like that and uh, they did Zorro. You mean Crosby seals a nest? No. It was actually normal. I think they saw the Sid Sid and Croft stuff and said, alright, we need to bring kids TV back to reality. (laughs) (laughs) Who was that masked man?
2: Why, that was the Lone Ranger. Iron Silver!
1: Away! Oh, oh! it was it was Lou Scheimer and Norm Prescott and Hal someone. Right. But you film it was a Filmation cartoon, and those guys produced it. They did, I guess, a lot of things together back
0: then. Yeah, because they, uh, they yeah. had a, a Zorro cartoon and everything. And they right. all looked exactly the same. They had the same announcer. They had the same opening thing. <laughs> and I am... All right. At night, I am this, and at the day, I am that. <laughs> and I help people
1: (laughs) right yeah I definitely remember the Lone Ranger one and and maybe I kind of remember the Zorro one too
0: there was also a string of marionette adventure shows like Space Patrol and the Thunderbirds right and stuff yeah and uh i did happen to see a thunderbirds movie once when i was a kid they re-ran it it's it was from the 60s it was called thunderbirds are go one of the more famous ones because it's in color then a lot of the earlier ones were black and white
2: this is what we do scott yes sir launch thunderbird one proceed to glenfield and stand by there for the takeoff of zero x yes sir okay boys thunderbirds are go (laughs)
0: they have like space adventures and rocket ships and all this stuff and like everything is powered by strings (laughs) it's weird you can see the strings yeah well i mean if anybody's seen team america team america is basically parodying (laughs) right right thunderbirds and all those old marionette shows you know and make kind of making fun of that as like could you believe this was actually a form of entertainment kind of
1: right right it's funny, too, because the stories behind them making Team America, they were saying, I don't know how they did this on a weekly basis because it's a really difficult thing to do as far as you know producing and making it look Genuinely decent enough to release.
0: <laughs> yeah, Thunderbirds was a weird one, and and uh, it, yeah, I don't even remember what the story was about, but
1: <laughs> probably doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it probably doesn't. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But before we leave the sixties, we have to mention one that's groundbreaking that went all the way to two thousand one and is very attached to my heartstrings, and that's Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Do you hear that trolley? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and uh, he even went to Congress and made a big deal about uh, what, how important it was, because what they, they were going to cut funding, I guess, to yep. public stations and all that stuff, and he practically had this hard-ass congressman like, ready to cry on that. Right. He's like, man, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm the host, yes, and I do all the puppets, and I
2: write all the music, and I write all the scripts. Well, I'm supposed to be a pretty tough guy, and this is the first time I've had goosebumps for the last two days. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, essentially, Rogers, Mr. Rogers, goes before the U.S. Senate Subcommittee on Communication. Right. They're going to cut the budget of like $20 million, which was, I mean, that's a lot of money now. But considering back in 1969 when this was going on, that's a lot of money. And his show was on PBS along with other educational programming. So he goes before them, lays out what other... Programming is out there for kids, and then what PBS basically provides as far as educational programming and stuff, how important that is, and slam dunks it. I think it's wonderful. Looks like you just earned the $20 million. And gets the money, and I don't think they ever had to worry about it again for as far as funding from the Senate.
0: Yeah, right. I used to love that show. Man. Oh, I, yeah,
1: I still love that show. Yeah. It's such a great show. Yeah, and I loved uh, the trolley. Right. I loved King Friday when he showed up, even though it was a bad <laughs> puppet. You yeah, know? King Friday. That's right. And.
2: Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> right.
1: What was that? Yeah. The, little, the little cat. Yeah, yeah. Daniel's striped tiger. I think was it, but it—it's just such a good show. And he and I think one of the main reasons that I love it so much. Uh, for all kids I think that really loved that show he didn't talk down to kids you know what I mean? Right. He, he just explaining he, yeah. stuff. Yeah. He, he was explaining really tough situations sometimes. He didn't really preach to you. He just kind of taught you along with him learning. Right. And that made... He
0: wasn't the most masculine dude and so... Right. I think he came off as very non-threatening and and accessible to kids. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It Didn't kind of have that dad energy right. dads of the 70s in my experience anyway were very unapproachable <laughs> right. and not the friendliest people <laughs> not just mine i'm talking <laughs> about my friend's dad's <laughs> even <you know? laughs> right right yeah they were <laughs> usually like what do you want leave me alone i'm watching stuff
1: <laughs> all right and that's what i mean he was very accessible and and non-threatening to a kid which made you love him even more as a kid Right. And I mean, to be a kid star and not have some scandals or skeletons in your closet exposed for as long as he was on is just crazy. Right. But yeah, just so much to mention. All those little catchy songs I still remember from the show.
2: It's such a good feeling to know you're
1: alive it's such a happy feeling you're growing inside and when you wake up especially the opening intro song it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood a beautiful day for a neighbor would you be mine could you be mine
2: it's a neighborly day.
1: But for all the reasons explained and all the reasons not explained, I still hold a special place for Mr. Rogers in the cockles of my heart. Sure. Please won't you be my neighbor? Hi, television neighbor. I'm glad we're together again. We have to mention another groundbreaking show that introduced us to something called The Muppets, and that's Sesame Street. I mean, the cultural impact of this show alone, and this show, again, springs from PBS, was phenomenal. It went worldwide. It introduced the Muppets to worldwide audiences. And, of course, Jim Henson had had his Muppets on, like, the Jimmy Dean show, those funny little ads that he did for Wilkins Coffee. Right. We're
2: here to persuade people to drink more Wilkins Coffee. What's the club for? <laughs> to get their attention.
1: I mean, quite honestly, it's because of Sesame Street that we had shows afterwards, like The Muppet Show and all the stuff that came with The Muppets.
0: I was I was uh around when uh, Mr. Hooper died on, oh. on Sesame Street. I yeah. remember watching that. Me too. Yeah.
2: Big Bird, when when people die, they don't come back ever? No, never.
1: It was one of those things where I know I was so young at the time. I didn't quite, I don't even know if I had a complete understanding of loss and death and all of that. Yeah,
0: I I know I did. So
1: watching, after watching that, I remember looking at my mom and being like, so what's going on? Like, where'd Mr. Hooper go? Why isn't he coming back? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Kind of thing. Which, I mean, it's a pretty brave subject to tackle for a kid's show like this. I mean, they could easily just said he's on extended vacation or something like that. Or he moved off of Sesame Street or whatever. But they chose to tackle it because the actor really did pass away. And that, that was a brave choice.
0: Yeah, right. But
1: switching gears a little, I, I must say, one of my favorite things about watching Sesame Street was... The Bert and Ernie stuff. I loved all of that stuff.
0: I don't want to play a game with rhymes. Nice going, Bert. Oh, ring my chime. I don't want to do it. There's really nothing to it. It's so silly. A boy named Billy. Stop it, please. A dog
2: has please. Ow! No!
1: But let us not forget the other show on PBS that came on after Sesame Street... The Electric Company.
0: Yeah. Hey, you guys!
2: We're gonna turn it on. We're gonna bring you the
0: power. Right, with Morgan Freeman. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Or, or don't forget Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. <laughs> right. right. I know. Or, or inmate three two four zero six zero two zero nine zero
0: four four, or something like that. <laughs> and rightfully so, you creep.
1: Dirty, dirty boy
0: anyway. Uh... I,
1: I remember distinctly being very, very excited about watching The Electric Company just as much as I was about Mr. Rogers and, and uh, Sesame Street for two reasons. One was tuning in to see Morgan Freeman playing um, uh, Dracula, right?
2: How do you do? My name is Dracula. Dracula? What's your favorite word? Huh?
0: My favorite word He's drink. He was Dracula, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, and then the other, the main one, was tuning in to see those little Spider-Man shorts on there.
0: I was just about <laughs> to say that. Okay, true believers, here he is, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Today's episode:
2: Spidey meets the Spoiler. They
1: were live-action, super cheesy, yeah. and he didn't talk on them. These word right. balloons would appear over his head. Yeah. And I'm almost positive that there was probably something like... (laughs) Like you could see the actual wires holding them up on the walls and shit. But I could not fucking wait for
0: that. Wasn't it like the walls were pretty, obviously, cardboard?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of. It was supposed to look like a... uh, It was a projected background, basically. They were standing in front of a green screen or blue screen or however they did it back then. But it was supposed to look like a comic book. Okay. That's how...
0: Yeah, so I don't have a totally rock-solid memory of that show, so uh, it's I can't comment on it too much because I keep kind of confusing it more or less with uh, the cartoon <laughs> that was around at the same time. Spider-Man,
2: Spider-Man does whatever a spider right. It was
0: very poorly animated. And, <laughs> like, I kind of remember an almost Watchmen-esque style squid monster or something chasing him and he's he's like uh, just doing that spider webby you know, the web slinging down the street and the the same two houses keep going by behind him over and over and over and over again (laughs) and and just thinking, this is the greatest thing ever (laughs) (laughs) Can life get any better? <laughs> I submit it cannot. You'll find a One of the other ones that was really fun for me, uh, if we're talking about public broadcasting, yeah. and it was kind of like almost like a science educational show. I, I feel like.
1: Oh really? Yeah. I, I
0: never watched it. No, and then well, at the end it had the Bloodhound Gang, mm. which was like a, a, a serialized series about these kids that were to play detectives oh, okay and it, they were like interracial which was no unique unique at the time because it was like early 80s i think or late 70s and that's where that of course the band got their name the oh. bloodhound gang they, they named themselves after the show
2: me, baby ain't nothing but mammals so let's ah!
1: That's enough of that. But anyway, the Bloodhound gang on 321 Contact sounds a lot like the Hardy
0: Boys. (laughs) Yeah, with, uh, what's his name? I never watched the show. What was his name?
1: I mainly know that from South Park.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've got a raging clue. No, but, oh, it was David Cassidy was one of the Hardy Boys. And he was uh, a huge, huge heartthrob back then. Ooh, dreamy. Yeah because I, I had all the books too and i didn't read any of them <laughs> that's <laughs> money well spent yeah right <laughs> i i do have this to say oh. about that that hardy boys tv do series you? yeah i've watched a few of those and uh you know it was it was definitely like mid 70s <laughs> right. and it was in it looked very mid 70s like right. all the the him and his brother they had the really bad bell bottoms and the hip hugger pants that were all funky colors and, and they had long shoulder length hair, you Pippies. know, and like the big tacky polyester pattern t-shirts that were unbuttoned to their chest. <laughs> and and then, so my only comparison prior to that was my books and, and not that <laughs> I ever, I ever read them, but they had these illustrated covers on the, you know, there were these blue bindings with right. these illustrated covers and they were done in like the 50s and they had a very the hardy boys wear like sweaters one would wear an orange sweater one would wear a blue sweater and they (laughs) they had the clean cut you know hairdos and all that stuff. so that when i saw the 70s version of it i'm like Wait a minute. (laughs) You guys are filth. You damn hippie hearty boys. I don't trust you for a minute to solve any crimes.
1: (laughs) It tipped you off that it was set in the 70s because it was like the case of the missing disco ball.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually more like the case of the missing eight ball.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then in every episode they would inevitably get helped by Gene Simmons from Kiss. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yep, and the Harlem Globetrotters always showed up. <laughs> they showed up in everything back then. Don Knotts. <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: Uh, <laughs> you have a severe sinus issue, Don Knotts. <laughs> We have to mention this show before we get out of the 60s. It went two seasons strong and then petered out in the third season and was canceled. But I read the comics, so I, of course, had to watch the TV show and reruns, of course. But that's Batman, the TV series from '66.
2: To the Batmobile. Let's go. Comic batteries to power. It us is me. You're
0: ready to move up. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. God, I love that show.
1: Yeah, and I-, I mean, in a campy way, I mean, it gave us the late, great, wonderful Adam West to listen and watch. Yeah, oh man.
0: <laughs> Rest in peace.
2: All right, peace. Mr. West. It's a lot of fun to play Batman, probably more than anything I've ever done. Wouldn't you love to pull on the tights, the cowl, or the cape and go out and play Batman for a day or a night?
0: Yeah. Right, and like you had mentioned before, Burgess Meredith as the as the Penguin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cesar Romero as the Joker. And- right,
1: iconic. And then don't forget Frank Gorshwin as the Riddler. I freaking love the Riddler on the show. I don't know why. He's kind of annoying and a little grating when you watch him now, but I loved him as a
0: kid. Uh, Eartha Kitt was in that too, right?
1: Yeah, she played Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah, but there was like three different Catwomen. One was like Julie Newmar. Uh,
0: yeah, Jul- Julie Newmar is the one I remember. Right. More. More than yeah. Eartha Kitt. Yeah, but... she was way hotter. <laughs> yeah, she was. Yeah. No, I think Eartha Kit was a little over the top. Right, <laughs> yeah. It. She kind of, tried too hard.
1: Kind of got on my nerves. She would do that purring thing with everything.
2: Perfectly foolproof.
1: But yeah, I loved that show as a kid. I still have a pretty big affinity for this show. Love all of the cast and everything. Even though it's, you know, recognizably pretty cheesy and everything. There's still a lot of love for it.
2: Next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Bat channel! Bat-
0: but before we come out of the 60s, obviously neither of us were born yet, but um, right, we should just touch on what started in children's programming was the Saturday morning cavalcade of cartoons. It's a smiling Saturday morning at weekend we really here. In like right.
2: 1968
0: and 69 yeah. for two different stations, depending on what station it was. Right. They started doing like a Friday night preview trailer thing. Each network did of what was coming the next morning. You know, and right. and uh, I do remember <laughs> watching a few of those. And uh, I don't remember any of that. I don't, like when you mentioned it. I was like, huh? Yeah, I know. Well, the one, i've the one specifically, I remember watching. It had the cartoon Turbo Team.
2: It was a stormy night when a bolt of lightning forced me off the road. My car get
1: into a government laboratory where a top-secret experiment was
2: underway. I swerved into the path of
1: Doctor Chase's molecular transfer ray, causing me and my car to become one—the
2: Incredible Turbo Team.
0: Which, if anybody okay. remembers that, it was completely R-worded.
2: <laughs>
0: back in and back in this time, you could say the R word whenever you wanted. <laughs> And it didn't matter It was 2008 people, yeah, yeah, 2008 <laughs> But anyway, sorry He could turn into his car when he needed to But anyway There was like the Dukes Or the Dukes of Hazzard The Dukes had a cartoon
2: <laughs>
0: And they, what it was was it was a race around the world with Boss Hog, <laughs> and essentially the crux of the situation was the Boss Hog was always trying to screw up their, their right. car or you know the track that they were driving, kind of like a Wily e. Coyote thing, right? And always getting foiled,
1: kind of like the what is a Wacky Races?
0: <laughs> So that's the one, that's what I remember from from that preview thing. Now, in preparation for this show, you sent me one that you found on YouTube. Right. And because I'm weird, I watched it all. <laughs> I went and watched the whole thing. It was from 19 it was first <laughs> it was for NBC and it was 1976, I think. And right. it was their cartoon preview review they called it. And it starred one of the fucking Osmond kids, uh, but he was like really young and really over the top. And they they styled it in a seventies variety show thing, where there was a live, right? yeah, it was the, there was a live audience, and some of the HR Puff and stuff people were in the audience. You know, it was really weird.
2: It's
0: and the kids were obviously fake cheering, you know. And there was this this guy in a, I don't even know what kind of bird he was supposed to be, but it was this guy in this purple bird suit who was pretending to be the NBC Peacock.
1: Right, yeah. I remember seeing that. That was the only part I watched of the video that I sent you, and I was like, what the fuck
0: is that supposed to be? Yeah, and he was like, oh, man. You, you really, you guys, really got to see this. <laughs> there was like little dance numbers in between the trailers for the shows, and well, the, the cool thing was, is was, it was when they introduced Land of the Lost for the very first time was on that show. From the
2: land oh. The land.
0: oh, okay. They yeah, did yeah. a trailer for Land of the Lost, and. Uh, um, That one thing I talked about to you off the air, which was this cartoon called Wheelie and the Chopper Gang, because I guess, you know, it's in the 70s and chopper culture is pretty heavy. But Wheelie is like this little Volkswagen Beetle that's (laughs) sentient and uh, like Herbie in a way, but he has eyes in his windshield or something, or maybe his headlights are eyes. I can't remember. Anyway, he doesn't talk. Right, but the choppers—the choppers talk. There's like a gang of choppers, right? And uh, they're always trying to foil his happy life. There's one where they're gonna disrupt Wheelie's sleep because <laughs> he goes into the garage and he goes to sleep on his little table or bed or whatever it is. <laughs> so they—they they take the train tracks and turn them into his garage so that the train comes and it starts, and they're like, "If this
2: doesn't wake Wheelie up, nothing will."
0: and then the train goes into the garage right right then they go inside the garage and wheelie is still asleep as the train is going by making all the racket right (laughs) Right. and they peek in and they go how the heck is he still sleeping through that (laughs) and they're like i don't know and then we're back outside the garage and then all of a sudden you hear the train come and it's chasing the choppers down the train tracks (laughs) back the other way and and then all of the kids had uproarious laughter (laughs)
1: Right, well, that's the epitome of slapstick right there.
0: That whole scene that you <laughs> described, but it just was like, what, what was going through people's <laughs> minds? They were, just, I don't know. It really gave me the creeps. Yeah, the whole thing.
1: <laughs> Be afraid, Tim.
0: We got to talk about Hanna Barbera's Flintstones and the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. Are basically right. They're both ripoffs of oh, the Honeymooners and um. But well, that's Flintstones is Honeymooners and right. and uh, Jetsons is Dick Van Dykes Oh, right.
2: Me, George
0: Jetson. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think they lasted very long either.
1: No, they did. Well... I mean, l- longevity over years. I mean, they were on for a few seasons, and then they went off, but they kept coming back. They were just kind of this thing that never, ever went away. Both of them. Yeah, right. And Flintstones was one of the first primetime cartoons. Yeah. It wasn't until Simpsons, years later, I believe, was the first one after the Sim- or F- right. F- Flintstones. So, But the Jetsons, I think, did well, too, just not as well as the, the Flintstones. Right. They were both pretty big, though. Yeah. One thing we do need to mention is a lot of the early Warner Brothers Looney Tunes stuff up till the mid-80s to late 80s, I believe, Mel Blank, who is a legend, of course, giving voices to all of our favorite characters from Warner Brothers, but he also was a big part of the Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters as well. He did things like Barney Rubble (laughs) and, of course, George (laughs) Jetson's boss, Spacely Sprocket. So rest in peace and big props to the late, great Mel Blank. (laughs) But as far as the Flintstones, it didn't just stop with the Flintstones TV show that we just talked about. It went on and on through the years and all kinds of different iterations.
0: Yeah, uh, they did do a, a Saturday morning series, though, Pebbles and Bam Bam show. <laughs> right. Where they were like teenagers right. and shit like that. And, he said, yeah. and you'll and they teased, you know, to get you to watch, they'd be like, hey, and you'll see Fred and Barney and all we'll, all them, too, <laughs> sometimes. Right.
2: You'll see Fred and Barney, too. yabba I do
1: But Hanna-Barbera was definitely, I think I think from like the late 60s all the way into the 80s, were like the animation whores. <laughs> they would do everything. They had their hands in so many properties uh-huh. at the time. And they right. would reuse a ton of characters. So you had the Flintstones, and then the Flintstones meet right, the Jetsons, right. and the Flintstones yeah. meet all oh, this God. stuff. And then Flintstone Kids and, and all of that stuff, they just kept reusing it over and over again. They did the same thing with right. Scooby-Doo.
2: Scooby-Dooby-Doo!
1: Scooby-Doo came back and it was Scooby and Scrappy and Scooby and Wonder Mud or Dino Mud or whatever it was. Right, right. <laughs> Scrappy dappy doo And then a pup named Scooby-Doo.
2: Right. Scooby, a name scooby, Scooby, Scooby,
1: scooby All that stuff. They, they went the kid way. Right. But yeah, Flintstones, the Jetsons, and the, and Yogi, all of those characters built Hanna-Barbera right. to, to the magnitude that they ended up being.
2: Give up, Yogi. Yogi,
0: give up? I gotta prove I'm smarter than the average ranger.
2: Those
1: were the foundation characters.
0: And, uh, well, and they just, like, well, what's the one with the girls in space? The the band. Oh, Josie and the Pussycats. Bam! (laughs) That's the one. I never watched that show, but... which is it's like the same format though over and over and over again they're basically like oh scooby-doo it's yeah. the captain caveman format captain
2: caveman!
0: where they have one <laughs> weird animal oh, or okay. whatever and a bunch of people around them right so their Scooby Doo is that when he has all, you know, a bunch of people around him. He has a gang with him. Right. There's Shmoo. Shmoo was like this weird ghost thing that had like 2 feet and just went shmoo shmoo. That's all it said. And it had a bunch of friends that hung around it and they solved the mysteries or some stupid shit. Right. And they they just ran that format into the dirt. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. And, uh, yeah, yeah, over and over and over again.
1: So I grew up in well on and off I was in Houston for a while. About 50 miles outside of Houston was this place called Spring, and at the time in around 84 to 86 area, Hanna Barbera actually wanted to do the Disney thing and build a land with all their characters, so they had Hanna Barbera Land.
2: Hanna Barbera Land where you can have a ball, share a show, even see your name in lights.
1: Now this was a big huge theme park each a uh, character had like rides themed after him and stuff or our little events and little shows and stuff so Scooby had a a roller coaster you had to walk through a haunted house to get onto the roller coaster and stuff and we used to go all the time i used to freaking love going there but they had these cool things where you could be in the cartoon with Scooby or uh, i think another character and it was it was crazy i don't think it lasted very long and i think there's one in europe oh wow but eventually it closed down they made a water park out of it i think it was called splash town or something there but i loved that place oh okay yeah it was it was interesting yeah it was great at the time
2: The kid has class, taste, finesse.
1: But honestly, if you watched cartoons as a kid, had a favorite one, there's a 90% chance that one of the ones you liked was a Hanna-Barbera property because they were every freaking where. Yeah, and then
0: (laughs) to compete with that, Uh there was another cartoon house that was like... Oh, really? Oh, no, that is Hanna-Barbera still, isn't it? (laughs) Jesus Christ. They were in everything. I told Yogi The Yogi Bear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's all the the, uh, the Huckleberry Hound. Huckleberry Hound. Right. This is Huckleberry
1: Hound! Uh, One of the things I remember is they had a subsidiary company, and I think it was like Filmation, I believe, was the name of them. And they would do a lot of the other shows we talked about, like the... Lone Ranger, Zorro, stuff like that, with a lot of human characters. They right. did this thing where it, the character didn't look like cartoons, right. like Hanna-Barbera cartoons. They looked more like humans, but they had pupils, uh-huh. but black pupils, uh-huh. skin color behind them, no whites in the eyes. It, right, that right, always right. bugged me. Even in uh, Super Friends, it was like, <laughs> why don't they have whites in their eyes? Why is it just pupils?
0: No, there was a bunch of them, and I'm trying to think of what I enjoyed. I, You know, I don't think I really got into a lot of those because they annoyed me. Like the fact that not only were was the premises repeated over and over again, but like Scooby-Doo, basically, which was the most popular one obviously everybody knows the running joke is the same story over every day right and so I'm like I, I mean I got that as a kid and I did not enjoy that I'm like this is dumb and I would have succeeded if it hadn't been for you nosy kids and Scooby-Doo let's freshen this up kids
1: you know I get you yeah I watched I did watch uh, Scooby-Doo as a kid and I really enjoyed it all of the crossovers all of the interpretations with Scrappy and all of that stuff and then I also watched The Flintstones I can't say I really enjoyed it yeah
0: when I watched it. So, you know, it's weird how we would do that as kids, right? We right. would watch stuff even though we didn't like it. Yeah, totally. Because I did the same with the Flintstones too. I never, I never laughed at it. Never looked Right. It yeah, know.
1: I was the same way with the Jetsons as well. I, I, I would watch it, and I think I would watch it more, not so much because I wanted to get through it, right. but the all of the future stuff. Right. I loved the cars, and and the robots, and all of the future the tech. Robots. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I loved all the that robot stuff robot made.
0: Yeah, Rosie the ro- robot made. But yeah, I watched that stuff. Now, for me, I think I was more into, and they were already way old by then, but, but Looney Tunes, oh, Bugs God, Bunny yeah. cartoons, and Tom and Jerry stuff. That's what I was wanting to watch.
1: I'm almost positive that the very first cartoon I ever laid eyes on was a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. And yeah. I fell in love. Yeah,
0: right.
2: Hey, what's up, Doc? What's cooking? What's up, Jack? Are oh, you looking for Bugs
0: Bunny? Yeah, Just to jump forward a, a real quick, you know, you you kind of detach from them through your junior high, high school years. But mm-hmm. then I remember they started playing four-hour blocks of Bugs Bunny, yep. like in the early 90s. Yep. Sure did. And TNT. Yes, you're right. Yes, that's right. It was TNT. You're exactly right. Bugs Bunny and Pals will be back in a moment on TNT. And I would... Be sitting there, Mm -hmm. laughing my ass off because I, you know, watching it all over again and just finding it all the new adult humor that was in it, and finally getting them for real, (laughs) right, (laughs) and genuinely laughing at them. And had like this kind of sort of stepsister that lived with us at the time, and she she was like, you know, maybe five years younger than me. And I'm like 19 and I'm laughing at this shit. She would always be like, you're such a weirdo for laughing, <laughs> watching cartoons at 19 and laughing so hard. And I'm like, this shit's funny. <laughs> right. You don't get it. Yeah,
1: totally. Especially those classic ones. How do? Welcome
2: to my shop. Let me cut your mop. Let me save your crap.
0: Ding, Their offshoot stuff was really fun, too. Like the oh, big right. Spike the Bulldog and Chester the Little Dog, yeah. you know? Yeah. How about beating up a cat? Would you like that, Spike? Huh? Would you like that? Huh?
2: Spike? Cat? You know where is it a cat? Yeah, sure, Spike. Sure, sure. I know where is it a cat.
1: Looney Tunes was really prolific with their characters. I really, I loved everything Looney Tunes back then. I'd watch them for hours.
2: This is gonna cause more confusion than a mouse in a burlesque show.
1: (laughs) I loved those classic ones because as Bugs Bunny went along into the 70s and 80s, it started to peter out a bit. Yeah. They got new animators and stuff. It wasn't as good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the comedy of the original shorts are, it's just so well done because it's slapstick and the later ones rely a little too heavily on slapstick, I think, but the the mixture of the original shorts was perfect slapstick mixed with like this really slight-handed
0: satire and broad as well. But and the original ones, it's uh, Tex Avery, right? Was right, was the original guy, and I guess there was a, something went sour. Mm-hmm. I, I just heard this story on a podcast recently. Oh, okay. He got mad and he quit basically and they hired Chuck Jones out from Tom and Jerry to replace him and, and that's oh, when you see the yeah. the artistry kind of shifts. Yeah, totally. Totally. So Bugs Bunny and the characters start to look a little bit more like Tom and Jerry characters. Right, yeah. And the
1: characters are a little more defined, yeah. sharp, clean right. a little bit. Right. Yeah. But I mean, as you just mentioned, the Tom and Jerry stuff was another one of those milestone cartoons that I know I loved the hell out of as a kid. And Bugs Bunny definitely was one of those bigger influences as far as cartoons that I saw. Yeah. But Tom and Jerry was so freaking good. The old MGM
0: one. (laughs) Right, the real early ones. Yeah. Right, the the, the Chuck Jones Tom and Jerry's were weird. Yeah, they were way weird. They had the weird jazz music stuff and. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Was, it would be in like outer space and shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh. But the original Tom and Jerry's, I mean, like we've talked about the ice skating one where. Oh, I fucking love they, that. You know, they, Jerry puts the water from the. What does he do? He takes the water from, overflows the sink. Yeah, right. Until it covers the floor of the kitchen and then takes the two yep. lines from the refrigerator to freeze it. Right. And then there's this whole ice skating chase thing. Right.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a spotlight one. that they use Jello in front of it. Yeah, to right. Make to it, make the colors. The co- yeah, yeah, right. Different colors. Yeah,
0: out, yeah. Out of the, with the fridge door open, yeah. That's so freaking fun. And uh, yeah, there was a couple of real famous ones like where Jerry would have, his, uh, either his cousin from France, <laughs> right. who was the little <laughs> sword fighter guy, he looked right. like one of the musketeers. Yeah. And he would always challenge Tom and, Pouchy, Pouchy and, and then his uncle or whatever he is. <laughs> yeah. This is the one I remember the most. He, yeah. This hillbilly <laughs> uncle. And you couldn't see his eyes. He wore a hat over his eyes and he had a big mustache, almost like you, Sam. And, right. And he had this stammering stutter thing. And you couldn't you couldn't understand anything he said hardly. Yeah, especially when he had that song. Yeah, he had that song. We had a guitar that only had like one string on it. it... (laughs)
1: Oh, Progmanic Gordon, he he did ride (laughs) And every time a string would break on his guitar, he would walk out and get a whisker. Yeah, from Tom Tom and rip (laughs) the whisker out.
0: Hilarious. Yeah, there
1: are classic stuff there. I mean, MGM also had those offshoot ones as well where they would do stuff like yours and my favorite that we just stumbled upon and started watching and watched it for the first time in like probably 25, 30 years, the yeah. Symphony of Slang. Now, young man,
2: go ahead with the story of your life. Sure thing, Dad. Well, I was born
0: with a silver spoon in my mouth. Silver spoon in your mouth? Yeah, Silver born in my mouth. Right, right, which is yeah. like a one... It's so good, man, so good. A one-off episode right. where it, the whole thing is basically the slang sayings and they're <laughs> portraying them in real life. Right. <laughs> or, or in the guy's life story, I guess, and it's it's hilarious. It's, yeah. One day at the crack of dawn...
1: It really holds up, too. We were re- just recently watching it. We were laughing. Yeah, We were cracking up. We were up. still
0: laughing at it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I hadn't seen it in probably 30 years. It's
1: really, really clever,
0: the yeah, way it's it done. Is.
1: It, and the other one, it's, it's all visual gags wrapped around the jokes, like the audible joke with the visual gag in front of you. It's it's really yeah, well presented. Yeah, like puns,
0: basically, right. and stuff like that. But right. um, the other ones they did that I used to really like watching, too, were the house of tomorrow oh yeah i love it and the cars of tomorrow
1: right cars ones but i cracked up at that one
0: the run like one of the jokes was these new bumpers were built with pedestrians in mind just let them try to get away has a glass bottom so that when you hit a pedestrian you can look down and see if he was a friend of yours
1: oh, <laughs> there's a lot like of a lot of mom gags in the one there was like they even have a place for your mom and it was this branch yeah, off of a yeah, the, the, the little the, pot yeah. of her own that she sits in right, by herself <laughs> exactly
0: yeah <laughs> those were funny and but you could oh, yeah. tell they were done in. those were probably done in the 50s because the cars were really square and boxy right
1: yeah they even, um, in the one with a House of Houses of the Future, they had the one where if, if it was for drinking and driving, so you're on your way home, you're, you're going to yeah. pull into the garage, the garage lifts up off of stilts and then comes back down after your park so you won't hit
0: the garage. <laughs> yeah, because you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And the, the cool thing about that stuff is because it is early 60s, it's that Mad Men era mm-hmm. and it's very, it, what, what we now call mid-century chic, you know right. what I mean? Yeah because all the moms have those kind of like pencil skirts right uh, yeah yeah you know really
1: defining an era there but they also did these ones uh, around cars again the cars were alive and a cab had a baby yeah and the baby wanted to be a hot rod
2: a racing car
1: Right, and right. So the yeah, yep. the cab was disappointed. and uh,
0: wanted to, be, and they even had like a plane one too. You said right? Yes, there was one for an airplane. Yeah, right. Yeah, and he ends up be, like go, he wanted to be a fighter plane or something like that. He ends up being a hero, hero or something. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and they had like Droopy. Oh yeah, I love Droopy. You know what? I'm happy. Can't think of any of the other characters, but Droopy used to crack me up.
1: Yeah, I loved, I loved Droopy, but. You had the ones that were non-MGM, and I don't think it was Looney Tunes either, but they were kind of rip-offs of Bugs Bunny. And it was like Woody Woodpecker, because he was a smart mouth, he could tell that he was trying to rip off Bugs. Right, and, right, true. And within his cartoon show, he'd have like things like Chilly Willy and stuff. Usually when that theme for Woody Woodpecker would hit, though, I'd just be like, click!
0: Click, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, where the hell is Bugs Bunny? I don't want to watch this. I want to watch the real
0: thing. Right, exactly. You turn to Bugs Bunny, and... Uh... One of my favorite characters in Bugs Bunny was Buzz the Buzzard. <laughs> right. The really dumb, shy <laughs> right. oh, buzzard. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, 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 no no. Oh, no. no, no. No, uh, no, huh? <laughs> Right.
1: Yeah, that totally. guy is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bugs Bunny, Looney Tunes had a wealth of characters. They're... Yeah, we
0: could probably spend a whole episode talking about that stuff oh yeah
1: easily easily yeah. Like,
0: i could easily do
1: that but you'd always be entertained no matter what character was on and before you i mean they're a little watered down now but well but i loved like the wily e. coyote all the contraptions that come up from a- acme and all that stuff it's just i don't know if they can do the same things these days
0: you know animaniacs apparently was supposedly has a huge cult following yeah. and it's very yeah and and it's very reminiscent of the old shows okay yeah
2: we have play
0: but i was already way too old i was i was like 25 26 years old and i just couldn't get into right. it. right but... yeah
1: i mean a few years ago maybe even a year ago netflix started showing uh the animaniacs or, or hulu one or the other but i watched it because i'd never seen it when it originally aired and uh, it was it, it was fun. I mean, it was not l- huge laughs like the old Bugs Bunny things was to me, in my day. But uh, there was some fun stuff to it. I, I remember giving laughs here and there. Yeah. But right, it,
0: not where you laugh out loud like you did right. with Bugs Bunny.
1: Right. And so, yeah, but Spielberg was behind that movement back in that day. Animaniacs, I think, Tiny Toons, that was all him. He was coming off of the success, the huge feat he got from Roger Rabbit in 88. You know, he he got Disney and Warner Brothers to come together and actually put those two iconic characters on film. And Disney's another huge part of this thing, too. We haven't even talked about the old Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck,
0: Goofy cartoon. That's true, yeah.
1: They weren't as funny as the Bugs Bunny stuff. Yeah. yeah. But right. I, I watched them, and I, I, I was entertained by them, especially Goofy. There were some
0: of them I would laugh at. If it was like a Goofy-centric. Right, yeah. Those are the ones that would keep my attention, Those the sure. Goofy-centric yeah. ones. Yeah. Uh, he, he would have his own movies where and they, right. they would be narrated. Right, yeah. And now that thrill of thrills, the ultimate goal of every ambitious skier, the ski jump. And while he's doing shit. He was doing like yeah. Olympics I used to shit. think those, right, yeah, yeah. right. Do that yell when something would happen, right? (laughs) But like Mickey Mouse himself, I never thought I never thought he was funny or anything about him.
1: Right? Yeah, he's not. He's not meant to be. He's he's meant to be very non-offensive. I mean, you look at the two cartoon icons. Warner Brother has Bugs Bunny. Disney has Mickey Mouse. Disney's very worldwide accepted because he's very. He's very accepting, and he's not harsh or brash. Right. Whereas Bugs Bunny comes off, he's a tough guy, and he sasses a lot, and he does a lot of ornery things, and he's just, he's funny, he's, he's cool.
0: He's Brooklyn. Yeah. They they, they literally said they, they modeled his accent after a Brooklyn right. accent because they knew it was tough, and they knew <laughs> it had that gravitas of, like, don't mess with me. Right. And you knew you were going to laugh when you watched
1: Bugs Bunny. He did some cool... Honorary fun things to watch whereas Mickey Mouse was very just kind of cookie cutter and vanilla plane and stuff and that's what makes him accepting around the whole world he's not offensive to anyone whereas Bugs Bunny is kind of offensive yeah right, <laughs> right. right. yeah but anyway Bugs Bunny I think definitely defined my sense of humor since I saw it such as a little kid Right. It, it defined how I saw humor, what I found funny, what I didn't find funny, and I really kind of set me on my course right, as far right. as you know what I find funny, what I find humorous, and stuff like right. that. Right? So. Yeah.
2: Duck shot. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very different today, for sure. Bugs Bunny is worlds different than he was back then. He's still sassy, and he gets into little misadventures and stuff like that, but it's not quite the same. The satire's not quite the same there. It's more played for... For practical jokes and fun and sight gags, stuff like that. But uh, especially Tom and Jerry, too. I mean, I love them and growing up and them, but they're not the same. can't have violence. Exactly. <laughs> right. And it's like, what the hell's going on? They're so different now. They talk to each other. They're friends. It's like, it's not even the same concept behind what we used to watch back in the day. It's so weird. You're
2: gonna fight someone with that old shotgun. <laughs> hey, what's up,
1: Well, staying on the subject of uh, cartoons that had an influence on me in one way or another, uh, I have to mention one that I was a big fan of. I watched since I was a really little kid, and I loved the hell out of it. And it's been around for a while. It was a comic strip before, but it's The Peanuts
0: from Charles Schultz. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was the... Yeah, Snoopy was the best. (laughs) I remember having, like, Snoopy t-shirts and sheets and and sweatshirts and stuff like that yeah
1: same here definitely and so recently when they redid that movie i was really nervous because i was like oh man they're gonna kill this thing because remakes aren't very good yeah but uh they knocked it out of the park with that oh they did yeah it was so so good they captured the spirit and the feel of it everything was right the voices seemed right snoopy was perfect they captured the quality of watching the original one because they never were laugh out loud hilarious. No,
0: they never were.
1: They never were supposed to be that. They're just really
0: quaint to watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he was kind of a religious guy. Charles Schultz. Charles yeah. Schultz. But um Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. They used to play that on HBO a lot in the early 80s. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah.
0: And I fucking loved that one. <laughs> right. It was so good. Yeah, me too. I loved it. Loved it. The the scene like when he's when Snoopy sneaks into the girls' thing and he's jumping bed to bed to kiss them all goodnight and then he gets Peppermint Patty has a water bed and he jumps on it and they're both like flying around in the waves of the water (laughs) bed. Yeah, that shit was hilarious charlie of course gets left behind by the buses at the very end right and snoopy comes in on that chopper Mm -hmm. and like (laughs) he has that big fucking giant chopper with the with the sleeping bag on the back yeah (laughs) so they're just riding off and then they have like the weird psychedelic backgrounds going by oh yeah race for your life charlie
2: brown (laughs) (laughs) of course
0: i remember snoopy come home
2: Snoopy, snoopy
0: Yeah. Oh my God! No. Right. No dogs allowed. Or birds. <laughs> I cried like a baby one time. You know. Right. I remember I was watching it, right. and it's to that part at the party where mm-hmm. they're they're all giving him his presents, which are they all are bones. It's right. adorable. Right and they're all, every time he opens one he cries harder and they the person who's given him the present is crying and, yeah. cause he's, he's out okay this thing is, is he found his original owner and she's in the hospital somewhere so he goes he feels like he has to leave and go be with her because she's in the hospital yeah and uh <laughs> yeah so this is happening they're having a going away party for him everybody's crying and my sister was like off to the side doing I'm probably like eight <laughs> okay and I'm like fighting the tears. You know what I mean? I'm like <laughs> trying not to cry right. really hard. Yeah. yeah. And I'm and I'm like or maybe I made a noise or something and she goes, she looks over at me and goes, What's your deal? or something like that. And I said,
2: Nothing, okay, <laughs> there's nothing.
0: Ah! And I ran, I just lost it and I ran upstairs. <laughs> 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 I cried. Just started bawling. <laughs> And it it wasn't even the first time I had seen it. (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: I remember watching that several times and and getting a little weepy during it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like,
2: I don't want him to go. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh... But, yeah, the Peanuts had their their own uh, Saturday morning cartoon show, at least for a while, I believe. Oh, okay. And I watched that. And you know me, Tim, I am not what they would call a structured person. Yeah, but I do have structure about a few things. Every Halloween and Christmas, I have to watch the peanut special. Halloween, of course, Great Pumpkin. Great Pumpkin. Yep. And then at Christmas, of course, I have to watch the Christmas special yeah. for Charlie Brown because I freaking love. It. They're so perfect. I love yeah, that. They're so good. I love that stuff so yep. much. And and you know me, I'm not a real religious person at all. No. And they right. they do that whole thing where they read the
0: Bible and stuff. But I it, I love it. it this is so. The music's great too. It's that oh. old jazz that. Vince, what? What is it? Vince v- Vince Garaldi. Yeah, he did all yeah. uh, that jazz. Yeah, oh, jazz man. music for the uh, Peanuts shows and movies and stuff yeah, like that. All of it. I'm pretty sure it's all really of it. Cool stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's really good stuff.
1: I I love jazz music, as you know. Right. And I I think it's directly linked to Charlie Brown. Right, right,
0: right. I love that stuff. Yeah, there's a bunch of those we could talk about. But that, that probably could be its other its own episode as oh, well. Yeah, but, for sure. I'm down. Yep. I got a
1: rock. <laughs> <laughs> I still use that to this freaking day. I'll use that if someone's going out for lunch or something like that. Yeah, I use it all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If someone's just like, hey, I got ham and cheese. I got roast beef. I got a rock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nobody knows what I'm, ever,
1: yeah, ever what no, I'm talking I, about. I work with a bunch of youngins, so no one
0: gets that as well. Right. And now a word from us. Ooh my favorite peep. So, let's say you want to reach out to us, ask us some questions, or make comments that are not negative and mean.
1: No, no, we're very sensitive. Or if you want to participate in some of the questions we ask each other on the show, answer them so we can see your answers. Right. Boy, am I
0: right. If we, if you're going to try and look for us on Instagram or Facebook, it is TFTFP Podcast. And if you're looking for us on Twitter, it's
1: podcast
0: T F T F P. Right. Yeah, and we also have yes, yes a shiny mm-hmm. Spick and Spam little email address Ooh. that goes by the name of tftfppodcasts at gmail.com. Mm, rolls right off the tongue, it does. <laughs> yeah.
1: And yeah. also, if you're so inclined and want more of TFTFP, head over to our Patreon page, uh, link should be in the description wherever you downloaded
0: this podcast or you can just search us on google yeah and make sure you like subscribe and review us because that helps us with the algorithm thing (laughs) that everybody else (laughs) says and i'm supposed to say spoken
1: like a true professional tim
0: Speaking of the Christmas season, there was one that I used to love of on HBO, of all places. Oh, right. Yeah. From uh, the Jim Henson world, uh, another half-muppet, half-stringy puppet marionette thing. But um, <laughs> it was uh, called Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Hi, all. This is Kermit the Frog, and I'm here to tell you the story about Emmett Otter's... It, it taught me what mother of pearl inlay was <laughs> on, a, on a guitar because I had no and but I didn't I didn't know until years later. Right. Just the words stuck in my head. Right. Because that's what Emmett wanted for Christmas was a was a beautiful acoustic guitar with mother of pearl inlay. Right. Yeah, whenever they would do the distance shots, they were like marionettes. Right. And then when they would do the close-ups, they were Muppets. Right, hand puppets. Yeah, hand puppets, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, the marionette technique, too, he would go on to use in 79 for the Muppet movie when Kermit rides the bike in that film. It's all marionette right there.
0: Yeah, 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 that's right, with the foots on the... the he had feet and shit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Uh-huh, yeah. I,
0: uh, I actually really loved...
1: Emmett Otter, when it first aired. It was the first time I ever saw one of the scrubber clothes things when you're watching. Yeah,
0: the washboard, the washboard. Washboard, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And right. I uh, trying to convince my mom, hey, don't be lazy. Get one of those.
0: <laughs> Throw out that dryer. We don't need it. Emmett Otter has this, and it's freaking cool. Well, that and even just the whole concept of playing the jug. I, right. I don't think that was new to me because, you know, I was a young kid and I, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in Tennessee or Kentucky. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: you just weren't running in the right circles, Tim. You
0: were denied the <laughs> yeah. hillbilly lifestyle. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there was it was like kind of a lot of music in it and stuff like that. Someone mentioned it on another podcast I was listening to recently, and it had been completely erased from my memory as a right. result I had, and then that dude mentioned it and I was like holy shit I totally forgot about that and how much I wa- loved it and they would HBO would play it every year for several years because uh, I think it came out in 77 is what it showed in the thing okay but I don't remember seeing it until like at least 80 or 81 or something like that mm-hmm. then, yeah
1: it was mid 80s when I first saw yeah. it because it aired in 77 I believe right yeah so But yeah, I remember seeing it and recognizing some of the voices for the other Muppets and being like, man, I'm watching this. This is cool. (laughs) Right, (laughs) And I think Kermit hosted it or something.
0: They're all part of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. So I guess, you know, those are favorites and stuff. We probably should get into some of the more weird memories. There was a couple of shows that I used to really like to watch when I was pretty young. And one was the Soupy Sales Show. And I feel like the Soupy Sales Show was a kid's show like earlier in the 60s or something like that. That's not
1: the one you remember, though, right?
0: Yeah. So I don't really know how I remember this because we just researched this. And uh,
1: I mean, it was on it was, before in black and white from 59 to 62. But right.
0: that's not the one you saw. No, because I don't, I don't remember that at all. But because uh, <laughs> I wasn't born yet. But um, there was, yeah, this one here. That was it—the new, new Soupy Sales show or something like that. Delicious. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and I'm sure it was just all the same shit, just repeated. Right. But with a '70s haircut this time. Right. Instead of a clean cut, he was—he
1: <laughs> so. was like, "Fuck that, Captain Kangaroo! I'll show him."
0: Yeah. <laughs> But then uh, there was another show that was live action, but with puppets too, kind of like a Sesame Street, but shorter, and it was called The Magic Garden, and I used to love that show. It was these two chicks that basically would just kind of talk to the camera, like Mr. Rogers style, And uh, but they'd be sitting in swings, and the one would play the guitar all the time, and then there was these little puppets and shit. Huh. they would talk with and they had their little songs that they always played come
2: and see garden grow, hello come and see a garden grow, hello.
0: so yeah um I used to watch the crap out of that one and uh but that's
1: that magic garden show it says here it was 72 to 84 so it had a good run
2: this is the garden of make a magical garden of make
1: I can tell you straight up Tim that my first introduction to anything Star Trek was that animated TV show that they
2: had. Oh okay. Yeah. Captain's Log, Stardate 54 AD
0: 3.9. Yeah, my dad used to watch the show so I knew it from that and then they yeah, you know, they, they restarted playing that cartoon again later on in the saw that and i was like this is weird and the, with the weirdest thing i found out recently it was it's all the original actors doing the voices mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: the uh everyone except for checkoff i believe but that show came out in 73 uh for two seasons i believe and it was a pretty big hit yeah it's noted as the last appearance of the whole cast together in episodic tv but of course the crew got back together in 79 for the movie right
2: Destruct sequence Yeah, that was
1: my first introduction to the Star Trek world. I remember liking it and watching it because of the animation. I don't remember any of the storyline, so I don't know how into the story I was, but
0: I definitely watched it. Right. there was that time period like i was i mentioned earlier this the sid and marty croft stuff and i don't know i don't know what those guys were on yeah and and it's been (laughs) joked about it was they did a big funny thing on it and mr show (laughs) right yeah with the with the the, all the the people on drugs and they were all yeah holy Mm. shit that was hilarious Classic. but anyway yeah h.r puffin stuff
2: h.r puffin stuff Who's when things
0: get rough? And Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was really weird. And Sigmund and the Sea Monsters do a, do one of the songs in that variety show preview thing. Oh, really? They come out of the audience, they're in the audience, and they come, you know, the, the little redhead kid who's not little anymore. He's like probably too old to be in the show. <laughs> right. But he still is in the show. And. Yeah, they do a little dance
1: number, right? Anyway, I never watched any of those shows, but the one I was fascinated hearing about was when you were talking about one that you had forgotten about, yeah. It basically, the premise was it had the guy who p- played Gilligan. You said
0: in it, yeah, Bob Denver, right? Yeah, and and a guy who looked like the skipper but wasn't yeah. the skipper. He does. He looks a lot like. And it's one. called Far Out Space Nuts. <laughs> Basically, it was they got they got somehow stuck in a spaceship that gets launched, and they're just tra- They're just stuck traveling the galaxy. Not a cartoon either. Together, live action show. That's yeah. a Sid and right. Marty Croft show. And yeah, they had a lot of really weird shows, man. Yeah, there was something definitely wrong with those people. But I mean, I saw a little bit of stuff on that uh, review show. Thing. There's a part. Uh huh. In one of the previews for the new season of *Sigmund and the Sea Monster* for whatever year that was that I watched, right, where a new addition to the Sea Monster family comes in, it's kind of <laughs> like the the Great Kazoo in in the Flintstones, right. where they needed to add a new one that um, to, to to spice up the show and someone who could do magic, right? Okay. It was a sea monster that could do magic. It's fucking Rip Taylor in half of a He's all green and wearing a thing and he's doing his flamboyant and making magic happen in Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Mrs. Paul's fish sticks, is yours. That is terrifying. I was like, whoa, this has just got extra fucking weird. Another one that I didn't I never saw. This is another Sid and Marty Croft show. I never saw, but we just discovered it last night. And it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It's called Bigfoot and Wild Boy.
2: <laughs> Out of the great Northwest comes the legendary Bigfoot, who eight years ago saved a young child lost in the vast wilderness and raised that child until he grew up to be Wild Boy.
1: So let's preface this real quick for the audience, okay? So everyone, you need to know one thing. is Tim, he's method all the way. Yeah. So (laughs) Tim sends me a text basically saying, Hey, I'm watching that review show and they have this weird show on there. And it was about Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. And the wild boy. Right. And he sends me the trailer for it. And so I start, (laughs) I start watching it and it's just absurdity. Yeah. It's like to the level of these people, it was, it was sheer drug induced nightmares. This, this thing. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm watching this thing and Tim's, Talking about how absurd it was on the review show and everything. And I just cannot get over how absolutely absurd everything was for this thing. And you were even texting me. You were like, hey, there's this thing that Bigfoot does when he jumps and it makes
0: the sound like the $6 million man at the time when. Because uh, Bigfoot, that's all he does. (laughs) I ended up. So, what Derek's point he's leading to is I ended up watching a full half hour episode this morning. (laughs) Right. Because I had to know what went on. (laughs) And this episode was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, and it was like it was like you know the the UFO comes to visit or right. something, <laughs> right? Yeah. So there's like this little Mexican girl that they're friends with, and she's the only one that knows about Bigfoot and the Wild Boy. Okay. And her dad is a park ranger. Uh. Somehow, you know, Bigfoot raised this Wild Boy. Oh wow, that's nice. But of them. somehow, this Wild Boy speaks perfect English, <laughs> and Bigfoot and and Wild Boy have their own language they talk to each other I shit you not it sounds just like that we've got to stop them good idea <laughs> and so what happens is, is this, U- <laughs> this UFO lands and these guys these two aliens or whatever they're in like full like aluminum foil outfits with green masks on or green they're like like green paint on their faces and they talk in monotone voices A moon accent <laughs> And th- their evil plan is to take all of the people of the area, <laughs> right, and turn them into controlled dr- slaves, mm. and m- and then they're going to mine the lake for minerals nice. that they need for their home planet. <laughs> and uh, this is extremely R-worthy. So <laughs> eventually, Wild Boy gets caught. Right. It's really sad, but he gets caught, and he has these, they have these little transmitters on the back of their neck that controls them. <laughs> It's like a little Jesus. blinking red light <laughs> that the aliens put on him. From Radio Shack. And uh, anyway, Bigfoot, at one point, he just, to distract him, the aliens and all this stuff, he, every, is, okay, well, let's just say this. The only thing Bigfoot does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> besides go, ooh, boo <"Oo-ba-chaga-boo,"> blah, 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 <laughs> is he jumps really high, right. back and forth that's all just every chance he can he'll take like five steps and then jump over something <laughs> and they always show this up angle of him going over the camera like he's out just jumped off a trampoline <laughs> and then that and he picks up large boulders and throws them across people he doesn't throw them at the people he just throws them across them so if the <laughs> it basically the boulder flies over their head and it kept showing the alien like look up at the boulder as it was flying over his head you know what i mean but like (laughs) but it's not in frame you know what i mean like you you just know because he you saw him let go of it right and of course to make him seem big and and powerful bigfoot's always doing stuff in slow motion slow-mo right yeah that was the thing yeah yeah and the, and then they show the boulder land. There's nobody in frame right. and, and of the camera frame. It just bounces on the ground. Right, of course. And then he. And then and then they go back to him. He's picking up another fucking boulder. Uh-huh. And I. There was a scene in this half hour show where he did this for about five minutes. <laughs> he was just throwing boulders for five minutes. And, and and then the aliens are just like looking up at the air like, oh shit, what do we do now? There's another boulder. It's it's coming nowhere near us. <laughs> How the hell are we going to compete with this advanced technology? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, whatever, man. It was unreal. <laughs> that is just the epitome of classic entertainment right there. The funniest thing about it is when this started, it was a fifteen-minute episode, and they would end on a cliffhanger, and that's what I saw. Oh, like serials! But okay. they would, but they had in the YouTube, they had pieced them put together. them together in one. Yeah, pieced it together in one thirty-minute thing. Okay, yeah. So, I guess after two years of that or something, they got a full half-hour show of their own Whoa. for another four more years after, <laughs> like three more until like. 79. Right, you can't expect people to wait that long. It's just, it's too gut-wrenching to
1: have to make that wait. Yeah.
0: No more cliffhangers. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of have to experience this for yourself, people. And you can't, and then you really realize when they say the 70s were the era of, of really... Heavy drug use. Right.
1: Well, I mean, using that sound effect that was similar to the Six Million Dollar Man, it had to have been set around that time when that stuff was really popular. Yeah, you know, that was that was a big thing back then. It was. Yeah. And I mean, well, a show that I watched all the time that did the slow mo thing to make him look really tough and he threw things around was Incredible Hulk.
0: Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that was the late, uh, late 70s. Yeah,
1: and I mean, they use those same tropes that we're talking about. Jumping in slow-mo and right. throwing yeah. things and stuff.
0: I, okay, but I, I, I remember the Incredible Hulk, and I've seen that relatively recently. Right, yeah. yeah. He does a lot more shit than just throw boulders and jump <laughs> over stuff. <laughs> right. That's, I swear to God, that was the only thing he did. <laughs> right.
1: Well, Bigfoot, you mean. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if... if six million dollar man saw this and said
0: hey we need a bigfoot too yeah right (laughs) (laughs) the big climactic episode of season whatever (laughs) right long live bigfoot well, going back to
1: something, a cartoon, basically, that introduced me to a huge worldwide phenomenon I had no idea about till I saw this cartoon. The cartoon was originally broadcast in 1966, but MTV started showing it again around 1985, 86, maybe even 87 era. I watched it on there all the time, and that was The Beatles cartoon show
2: did you hear that some thieves are planning to rob penny lane what are we gonna do if we can go to liverpool and stop them we'll be bigger heroes than james blonde why we would bomb blonde let's be off aye not so fast don't you want to be like james blonde who wants to be a handsome hero i'd rather stay as i am (laughs)
0: a handsome (laughs) coward
1: Yeah. But yeah. The, the show would actually, the opening credits of the show, I should say, was actually the whole song of Can't Buy Me Love, or at least uh, most of the song. It was like a big promotion for the, the record or something, because it was like the whole, mm-hmm. the whole thing. And it followed the characters of the Beatles. They didn't provide the voices. The actual Beatles didn't. I mean, it was their songs, their voices in the songs, but there was uh, other people did their voices on the show. uh uh-huh but when they'd cut away and they'd go to these little music montages and stuff they'd show actual pictures of George and Ringo and John and Paul all of the, this uh, promotional stuff from their tours and and probably movies and stuff right but i was just like get back to the cartoon for god's sakes jeez yeah but yeah that was my first introduction to even knowing who the beatles were oh really yeah
2: buy me love. no no no
1: how about Hanna Barbera and a
0: little wacky races? The Wacky Races also had like an airplane version too. A, where oh, they, a spinoff! A bad, yeah, a spin. It was either a, I don't know if it, that which one came first. It was Wacky Races came first, but it was all the same characters: the Muttley and Dastardly Do Right or whatever the fuck his name was, and 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 all those guys. But they were in. Like biplanes and shit. Right. And they were chasing a, ca- a carrier pigeon around. Trying to... Kind of like the Roadrunner in a way.
2: Diabolically simple. I merely turned the exit sign
0: around. And then the planes would get crashed and they'd fall down. And Mutley would go... <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that one
1: was actually called uh, Dastardly and Muttley and Their Flying Machines. That was the name of the show. But yeah, you're right about trying to stop the pigeon thing. So... Yeah, I remember back in the '80s, maybe '90s, USA, the channel USA, uh, mm-hmm. they would have this thing called USA Cartoon Express, and I think that's where I saw a lot of those Hanna Barbera ones. The Wacky Races, for sure, was on there. Yeah, even that cowboy uh, horse. What was that name? Um,
0: yeah, but I, I I can picture him, but I don't know his name. Oh shit! Uh, quick Draw McGraw. Oh, okay.
1: But one that I loved watching was the uh, Laugh Olympics, Hanna-Barbera Olympics with all the characters. Yeah.
2: Heavens to hilarity. This is it, sports fans, participants even. Television's greatest array of stars, Laugh
0: Olympics. I love that. It was like a collage of all of the characters together, yeah. Right, right, yeah. And I remember as a kid thinking, man, this is cool
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man right. can you imagine if they could do that did they get all the characters of the cartoons that we used to watch as kids and put them together in an olympic show
2: Olympic.
0: i don't do you remember ricochet rabbit mm-hmm, no i don't it was I, th- I don't know what production house it came from it might have even been its own little thing hmm. it was a western okay and he was, a, he was like a fast-draw rabbit, like that. And he would use ricochets to, sh- to shoot the bad guys. <laughs> the catchphrase was like, watch out, here it comes.
2: Sheriff, bing, bing, ricochet rabbit is here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then the bullets would go. <laughs> the bad guys were like these five horses that stood upright with cowboy hats or something like that. <laughs> Quick draw McGraw. No, wait, he was a good guy
1: getting into a topic that i know both you and i love and that's star wars star wars had two cartoons in the early 80s that i watched incessantly <laughs> and that was uh, the first one was droids uh, d2 and that followed uh, C, C- uh, c3po and r2d2 right? right yeah and then
0: the other one was ewoks the ewoks yeah ewoks
2: the ewoks, ewoks!
0: I actually never, I've never seen any of those oh, ever. Yeah. Really? I think that I was too old. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I, it was early, like I said, early 80s, it was I believe. Mid 80s, yeah. Mid yeah. to late 80s. And that's when I was. Well, it
1: hadn't been around the uh, Return of the Jedi, is what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah. For, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it was after. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for sure. It was 84. Five eighty
1: six. I'm thinking somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah, I was obsessed with watching that. Both of those shows, just because I at the time I loved Ewoks and I would watch anything, just anything you put out. I'd watch it if it was Star, Star Wars. Wars, right? And so, so yeah, droids. Uh, I
0: even thought at the time C three PO was funny. Oh god, <laughs> and it was it, it was voiced by Anthony Daniels too. The yeah.
1: Guy. I, I, yeah, I
0: remember it that way, but I didn't
1: know if it was just like a false memory. yeah! <laughs> We're
2: the Ewoks, yeah.
0: One of the cooler ones that I remember, and so it came out when I was in maybe second grade, which was Voltron came out. When when Voltron hit
1: the. I'm not sure you know this, but he's the defender of the universe, Voltron is.
0: Man, we all went ship at my school oh yeah for sure because that was like the coolest goddamn thing it had already been done before in a show called battle for the planets or battle of the planets or something like that right it was the same it was another anime thing that was the same thing where five ships would converge to create one ship and and then that ship could turn into like a fiery phoenix or something like that in battle of the planets mm-hmm. and they had the the same kind of round helmets with the uh oh
1: right yeah the yeah.
0: half visor that the Voltron characters did right. cuz it, it it's almost identical but i just think the premise of the five lions creating the tall uh, mech warrior guy was so fucking cool oh, god it yeah. was so good so i i had the toy
1: that they had out yeah those toys were so cool i thought they were even cooler than transformers at the time but i had the one there was a big one that you'd connect them all together
0: to make him yeah yeah yeah
1: they were that was so
2: awesome Voltron, five lions that construct into the ultimate robot, armed with a blazing sword that always finds its mark. Behold the firepower of Voltron.
1: There was this connector that you could put in the back, and then you had a little, it was a wired remote. So the wire went to the base of the the torso area. The wire would come out with a little remote, and when you'd hit forward, it would move forward. You hit backward, it hit backwards and stuff. I remember that being like my prized possession for about two
0: years. No, because there was a series of toys, these Japanese toys. They were called the Shogun Warriors, and there was four of them. And they were each a different character, but they were mech. They were they were like that tall, and they had wheels on the bottom of their feet. But they also had a lot of shooting missiles that flew out of their fingers and all that shit. Oh, and... okay. Yeah, mine didn't do that. Okay. And I don't know if you remember the Godzilla toy. Oh yeah. It, yep. That was from the same company and okay. he was considered a part of that Shogun Warrior thing. I had that guy. And the Rodan too. They had a Rodan. Oh, it was cool. all part of the Japanese shit. I had So what was cool about Rodan is he had holes in his back like a bowling ball so you could hold him like a bowling ball like you're like he's flying. And his he had these big rubber wings and if you take that cap with the bowling ball holes off of his back, the wings would attach with rubber bands on a swivel. So that when you put you snap that back back on and you grab them like a claw and then you could shake it like that and the wings would bounce back and forth from the rubber bands holding it it was like this really cool and <laughs> he had little rubber rubber bands in the talons that you would put in and they were spread out and they had little like uh, angled contraptions on it so you could go down to like figures or matchbox cars like that and when you hit the little lever on there it would close up on the on the figure or the matchbox car and you could like make it fly away with it and all
2: that <laughs> stuff
0: it was really cool
2: figures and Night nice Striker vehicle each sold separately
0: and while we're on the topic of Godzilla there was a Godzilla cartoon an American Several. Godzilla cartoon yeah right. it was uh, it was a really weird because I, I feel like if I remember it correctly it was like a troop of people a team like a Godzilla squad or whatever and they right. were on a boat all the time And they had had a remote to call him up out of the water. Does that sound familiar? Nope. And he had a son, Godzilla did, called Gadzuki. (laughs) And so in the title, it's like, Godzilla. Godzilla.
2: and (laughs) Gadzuki.
0: Because it's really stupid. Tell me... uh... Did Brian Cranston do a
1: voice in the Godzilla show? (laughs)
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was the boat commander. Yeah. Really weird stuff. And I think that was getting towards the end of the 70s there. But I was, uh, yeah, because I was a huge Godzilla fan, I would always try to watch it and always miss it.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I never, I never got to see any of the
1: Godzilla cartoons when, when they were out. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot, there's been a lot of them. Like a lot of oh. kind of like the same thing they did with King Kong, where King Kong had a, a cartoon show, a few cartoon shows, but they had the same thing where he had like a team that would help him solve stuff. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he'd have like a little team that would get in adventures and 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 go out and and find danger or a dangerous situation or volcanoes or another monster or something like that. And his team would say, "Hey, Kong, go stop that dumb shit over there," and he'd be like, "Okay," or whatever, however he. <laughs>
2: Oh, King Kong, you know the name of King Kong, you know the fame of King Kong, ten times as big as a man.
0: Hanging on gorillas real quick. I get it. There's two gorilla ones I come to mind real uh they're from the seventies, and that's Magilla Gorilla. Actually that might be the sixties. Right. Megilla gorilla with the was basically at a pet store how much for that gorilla in the window We've got a
2: gorilla for, sale. A gorilla for sale.
0: and i used to watch the crap out of that one so there's one and like he wears a vest right well you wouldn't be able to take him seriously if he didn't yeah he's messing with the shop owner all the time and then the other one which i barely watch but i and I barely remember as Grape Ape, which <laughs> Grape Ape, yeah. Grape Ape.
2: Over forty feet high. Grape Ape. Just a little bit shy.
0: It was another Hanna Barbera one where it was. Just, he was a pretty big ape. He wasn't like King Kong size, but he was big. And he would basically ride around on the top of a van, right? And he would use his fist to make the van go faster. <laughs> <laughs>
2: boom, boom,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, Hanna Barbera, where do you come up with such joyous,
0: funny characters? Ridiculous stuff. <laughs> right. Oh, one more one more 70s one. Mm-hmm. It's voiced by our favorite Overlook Hotel chef, <laughs> right. uh, Scatman Crothers. Yep. It, which is Hong Kong Fooey. Hong Kong Fooey.
2: Hong Kong Fooey. Number one super guy.
0: Yeah, a really weird, probably a little bit racist <laughs> right. cartoon in today's eyes. Yeah, I'm sure. Just because the song is kind of has that kind of derogatory Chinese music to it, you know. Thing, and and he's driving around in a car, right? A little like one-seater car and the the little top has like a the roof looks like some like it's made of paper walls or something. Right. You know, right. You know, be in a Japanese house. <laughs> For- yeah. You you don't remember that one?
1: Oh no, I remember it. I remember watching the uh, opening, catching little episodes here and there. Yeah, maybe not a whole episode, right? But and I didn't watch it religiously, but I definitely watched it. I loved Scatman as a kid, uh, just from like that movie Scavenger Hunt and stuff. But he wasn't yeah he wasn't foreign to cartoons because he did Transformers. That's right.
2: The Transformers are-
0: I did watch that in the 80s as we get into that stuff. I mm-hmm. watched a lot. That was some of the stuff I start, I was getting into once I got a little bit older was G.I. Joe, the G.I. Joe cartoon series. Oh,
1: God. Yeah, I loved G.I. Joe.
2: Yo, Joe. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.
0: It was kind of this. It was the same. I feel like it was the same production house because it had the same kind of yeah. It was jokes and yeah. and and re- animation style.
2: This is Jazz. A ginormous, weird-looking planet that showed up in the suburbs of Cybertron.
0: Yeah, he was Jazz. Oh, he was awesome, Scatman. Yeah, I loved him
1: as it. I, I loved Peter Cullen too as the uh, Optimus Prime. He came on to the horrible movies later on <laughs> and did those, but he has just a freaking. Badass voice.
2: Do not grieve. Soon, I shall be
0: one with the Matrix. Right. He's
1: so good.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's perfect for that. They had great
1: voice, too. They had uh, uh, Orson Welles. I am
0: Unicron. Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> yeah, there was the big climactic movie. Right. The two-hour Transformers m- animation movie in the mid 80s right, right. <laughs> and after that was optimus prime spoiler alert he gets killed so when the transformers cartoon series continues it is like way in the future back on uh, cybertron uh, yeah. cybertron mm-hmm. yes cybertron the autobot hot rod became rodimus prime and that was he was the new leader of those I don't know why i remember this but i right. do
1: <laughs> I, I i don't remember i watched the show and i don't remember a whole lot of it but man oh man i can tell you right now i watched the shit out of some gi joe
0: i fucking loved that show
2: i am pleased to announce cobra's economic recovery plan
0: yeah it was fun i i because once i got out of the star wars toys i i got into gi joe toys and i was yeah. obsessive with that shit me
1: too me too you got the to going back to Mr. Henson who pretty much you know populated my childhood with all of his creations. Yeah. <laughs> another one of his that I used to watch and it was on uh, uh, HBO was Fraggle Rock and I yeah. loved that show. Me I too.
0: the little doozers and <laughs> doozers were the guys, yeah. Those guys <laughs> yeah. were so cool. <laughs> And you just wrecked their. They just wrecked their shit. Yeah. And the then fra- they just. Fraggles would come along and eat their shit. Yeah. They just like keep going. They don't care. They're down there
1: making those little crystal meth sticks, and the <laughs> fraggles are getting all hopped up on it.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the big, the big giant guys that would chase the fraggles. Yeah. What were they called? The gorgs. Yeah. Yeah. It was like just yeah, Junior a... Gorg, mm-hmm. the family. Hey, that's you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they kind of they reminded me of like snuffleupagus and oh yeah the, the way they were designed and there was a few big scary monstery muppets on sesame street that were similar right To yeah hmm
1: the one that used to freak me out on Fraggle Rock was when they'd go and visit the trash heap. Remember the trash heap that would come up, and they'd ha- she had the two little weird monsters that they'd go to her, and she would like give the Fraggles advice or something like that. She was kind of like it was it was a weird concept. Oh man, it was it was like a pile of trash, and all of a sudden it would it would turn into like this face. It was all it was all puppetry and everything, but it was right.
0: crazy. I mean, now that you're saying that, I, I, I I'm kind of ringing a bell, but. I remember being
1: a kid, and that freaked me out. Anytime time I see like a pile of trash, I'd be like, "Ew, I don't want to." Hear that. <laughs>
0: That's weird. What is it with Jim Henson and trash? Because of Oscar the Grouch, too. <laughs> That's his commentary on uh, certain parts of society. society. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Ev- not trash is not everybody in trash. Not everybody's trash.
1: <laughs> Here's a better question. What is it with Jim Henson and scaring the shit out of kids with Dark
0: Crystal?
2: And <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Those weird long leg running things. Mm. Yeah, that too. The Skeksis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was just creepy. Anyhow. Right on.
1: Down at Fraggle Rock.
0: There was still like weird shit happening, too. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, they made the Pac-Man... Cartoon, <laughs> oh, man. which I remember being a, I really couldn't wait for that to come out.
1: I loved that. It was the arcade hour with them. I used to think Cubert was involved, but it wasn't. Cubert was its own thing, right?
0: Yeah, right.
1: I I, I love both of those. I love Pac Man and I love Cubert. Cubert had its own arcade hour on another network, but
0: Ru- uh, Pac Man was paired with a cartoon about Rubik's Cube. I, I I vaguely remember that. It's called Rubik the Amazing Cube. Hello,
2: my name is Rubik.
0: And it was about, obviously, about a Rubik's cube that was alive (laughs) and had little feet and a face. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't know, man. It was just some people. It sounds like we're making it up. We're not. No, you can you can check it out. Search for it online.
1: Right, yeah, and that was Pac-Man, but then Cuber had its own arcade hour as well on a different network that because of the success of
0: Pac-Man. And it had like five different games in within it, and Cubert was one of them. Take a cube
2: from the cube. Hey, it's
1: right, and the other characters were the Frogger. Uh, Donkey Kong was another, which should be important to you, Tim, due to his voice being done by Soupy Sales. (laughs) Uh Oh, Donkey Kong. Yeah, so all of those things were in something called Saturday Supercade on CBS, which came about because ABC's success with the Pac-Man cartoon. So they had their own half-hour show. Right, yes, Pac-Man. Pac-Man had its own 30-minute show, and then that was followed by Rubik's. The, the, The funny thing I always found out about the pac-man show it was really funny he had uh his a wife mrs pac-man of course all the ghosts were there and everything and then he wore this like hat right. thing. little hat yeah it's
0: like what's the little hat <laughs> right but they,
1: they had the power packs and stuff like that when he'd get hit by a ghost or something on the show it was really weird because in the show he wouldn't kill him of course they couldn't do that so he'd get real deflated right. looking yeah it was weird like someone drained all the blood or bones out of him he was just real flat and nasty it was hannah Barbera again and and had that same
0: theme from the game, which I loved. Right. Do you remember the two competing Ghostbusters cartoons? Oh yeah, you betcha. There was the Ghostbusters, and it didn't look, it didn't have any of their real characters, go,
2: let's go,
0: let's go. Uh, because they didn't have the rights to it. But it was somehow they got the rights to the name, right? Yeah, there's there's a, there's a story to that. And then there was the real Ghostbusters, which looked like the guys, right? The guy
1: from the the guys from the movie that we all loved, and so the Ghostbusters cartoon show was from a '75 show. It was based off of a 1975 show with two guys and an ape for some reason that went around solving paranormal cases or whatever. It didn't last long. It was like a season long or something. But because of the success of the 1984 Ghostbusters movie, they released this cartoon Uh, to market off of that
0: success. Oh, that's so fucked up. So
1: at the same time, they released the other Ghostbusters cartoon, and they called it The Real Ghostbusters.
0: Right, because it was Egon and and, and all those guys. I, I,
1: I watched the hell out of that show, too. But the thing that I hated is that in that cartoon, The Real Ghostbusters, they made Egon's hair blonde.
0: Yeah, I know, right. He's not supposed to. Yeah. Maybe because he looked too much like the other guys. or I, I don't know him. what the reasoning was, but I remember getting the action figure to the the
1: cartoon and using a permanent pin to make his hair black
2: because <laughs> I
1: hated that <laughs> his hair was black. I was like, that doesn't look like Harold Ramis. I remember even as a kid watching the real Ghostbusters cartoon show, and when Venkman, who was Bill Murray's character, would talk, I was like, that sounds like... Garfield.
2: I'm Peter Vankman. Ah, Dr. Peter Vankman. I'm a scientist.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, that makes sense. Isn't that weird that Bill Murray ends up in a Garfield movie? <laughs> That's
1: the great <laughs> irony there, is that Lorenzo yeah. Music, who did Garfield, gets to do Bill Murray's voice. Right. And then Bill Murray does his voice. I need to make out my will.
2: I, Garfield, do hereby leave everything I own to...
0: Nah, I'll take it all with me. Well, there's one I never got into was Garfield.
1: Oh, really? Garfield? I I liked uh, Garfield. That was in that block of time in Saturday mornings that I loved watching, and that was one of the shows. I hated the other show that was with Garfield and Friends was the name of the show. Yeah, right. It was like filler. Right. It was called like U.S. Acres. I, I did not like that stuff. But as a kid, I watched the Garfield specials. It was hard not to be caught up in the Garfield phenomenon because it was huge.
0: Yeah. Hello, Halloween. What a glorious day and a glorious night to go trick-or-treating or candy, 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 candy. Steady yourself, Garfield.
1: And uh, so I got the books off of his uh, comic strips and stuff like that. I, I loved it. Yeah. Plus, much like the peanut specials and cartoons introduced me to jazz music, and now I love jazz to this day, Garfield did something similar with Blue Rolls. Uh... A lot of the Garfield specials always had some Lou Rolls music in it, and that made me love hearing his voice and then seeking out his music. So I very much am a Lou Rolls fan because of Garfield. Yeah. But as I alluded to earlier, Garfield was a part of the Saturday morning kids' show programming phenomenon, and that's something we should probably start digging into now.
2: So if someone wants you to change the channel, kids, just say no.
1: When Saturday Morning Cartoons became a prominent thing in my life, important to me, it changed my childhood because I hated waking up early. Hated yeah. it. and for those cartoons I loved waking up. I I would do it. I would bug my mom and say make sure that I'm up you gotta set your alarm to make sure that my alarm went off and she'd be like why can't you just can't you just set the VCR and I'd be like I don't trust it and it's gonna
0: ruin my whole week if it doesn't go off (laughs) so I was a neurotic mess. I know yeah the whole setting the uh, VCR to record things. My dad in the 80s was into NASCAR racing before it became a big giant thing and Oh, okay. So, and for those of you who don't know, when you wanted to record something off the TV with the VCR and you weren't watching it, mm-hmm. you had to have the TV on and it plugged back into the back of the VCR so that when the, and the VCR was set on a timer, it would come on and it would bring the TV up to life since the button was already on. Right. It's just, it didn't have power to it. <laughs> right. So that's how it would work and, the, or to the, Maybe it was to the cable box or some shit like that. And you would already have it set to that channel. (laughs) Right. And then the the (laughs) tape would start playing, right? (laughs) Right. And so my dad would set it up for (laughs) midday while he's doing yard work, midday on Sunday... for 5 hours, which is almost the whole goddamn day to record these NASCAR races. Right. And there was I can think of probably like 4 or 5 times where I you just kind of walk up, you don't know what's going on, right. and just start you tur- as soon as you turn it hit one button, you <laughs> fucked up the whole thing. And then you're like, "Oh shit, I don't want to uh I don't want to tell my dad." And then he would come in and be all pissed and whatever, and then after like a couple of times Because then my mom would do it to him a few times. (laughs) Right. And uh, uh, he would, like, leave a, you know, like, write a note on a paper, like, set to record, don't touch. (laughs) And I'm like, God damn it. I don't get to watch any TV. (laughs) Because he's stupid NASCAR for five hours. (laughs) Right. Hey, it was important to see how many times they could go around in that circle and win. That's back when they called it the Winston Cup. (laughs) <laughs> right when they when they when they were allowed to advertise beer and cigarettes and liquor,
1: I, I, all I had to do to win was just turn left. turn,
0: you know. I drive real fast and turn to the left two times. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, so that's one way that uh, modern technology is better.
1: <laughs> right, but I mean that's what I mean. So, I mean, my whole regiment was you wake up. You can't wake up at 6 because if you wake up at 6, if you program it too late, you will miss whatever comes on at 6 a.m. Even though it's shit, you still want to see it. Yeah, right. You have to have time to wake up, get yourself ready, get in there, get your bowl of cereal, get that ready, get the little tray set up, (laughs) all your pillows and everything ready and gathered around. You want to tape it in case you see something you like, so you don't want to miss anything. yeah. So, there was a lot that goes into it. That's hardcore. Yeah. But... Watching the Saturday morning cartoons was one of the first uh, instances where I saw Justice League,
0: a.k.a. Super Friends, on on TV. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice.
2: (laughs) In the great hall of the Justice
1: League. There are assembled the world's four greatest heroes. You know who that was, don't you? Who
0: did that? <laughs> no. It was Ted Knight. Oh, was it really? <laughs> yeah. That totally makes sense. Why
2: not you drop by the art club? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right.
1: I remember years later. Watching the episode, I'm a huge like DC fan, so of course, as an adult, I have to watch those Super Friend cartoons. They're pretty awful when you watch them, but they're they're fun. But hearing that announcer in the first few seasons of it and thinking, "Is that Ted Knight? (laughs) (laughs) That's the guy from Caddyshack that I loved." Or Mary Tyler Moore? Yeah, I never watched that show. So, Uh, yeah, I did because my dad did. My parents did. (laughs) Caddyshack all the way for me.
0: Uh, They had the weird twins.
1: Remember? Oh yeah, twins. Yeah. Yeah, Wonder Twins.
2: Wonder Twin Powers activate. Form of a Billy Goat. Shape of an Ice Cage.
0: It was like an add-on character they made up, or wasn't it? Right. It, yeah. Yeah.
1: And and they had these two teenage kids, like Wendy and something, and they had a dog that talked like Scooby-Doo. Basically, it was like Wonder Dog or something like that. It was strange. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess they ended up not doing too well or something because then they were replaced by, as we said, the Wonder Twins. And the Wonder Twins even had this monkey named Zeke. <laughs> it was the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> that sounds familiar, yeah. I mean, Zeke, right. Zeke could do that thing where he turned his tail into like a lasso or yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. was so stupid. And they were the accessible kids that we could watch. And... Right, right. It yeah. really wasn't needed. No, no, not at all. Because, I mean, everyone that was watching was watching because of Batman, and Superman, all those characters. Not these dumb shits. That's funny. There's been a lot of things, too, said about some of the characters that they had on there. I think they were trying to be racially diverse, but it ended up coming off as extremely racist. (laughs) Like, they had this Indian character that was called Apache Chief, and his superpower was that he would say certain words, and when he said those words, he would grow... To like 50 or 100 feet tall.
2: <laughs> Calling out the Apache word for big man, Apache Chief instantly becomes a 50 foot giant.
0: I think that, you know, a lot of the stuff that was coming up by that point, I was starting to lose interest in. Like, I could never get an interest in Thunder the Barbarian. I didn't have any interest in uh, the Thunder Cats. I didn't. Yeah. I, uh, but that was huge when I was young. Oh, yeah. and you betcha. Uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ooh. I did not I it was I didn't like that at all. And then obviously that <laughs> went on to be once I became Huge, a gigantic teenager that was it's still
1: it still is huge today. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I remember coming into it, I'm gonna say I think it was around 88, 89, when I became aware of what the Ninja Turtles were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was really into it. The cartoon was goofy and crazy and right, all of that stuff. But I was into it. Not like the comics. The comics were dark and
0: were, edgy. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah, they were real violent and... All kinds of, of things that the cartoon couldn't be because it was catered to kids. But the comics were really like there was blood and hardcore action. And
0: well, I had no interest in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles until the second movie, and Vanilla Ice had that sweet song with the ninja, no, ninja, ninja rap, rap. Yeah. ninja, <laughs> ninja rap.
1: Hey, that shows exactly how dark the movies could get, just like the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a dark sure. times, dark, dark times. Well, to dig a little deeper into the Saturday morning thing, since we're on this thing, that became kind of like this beacon for really weird, out there, strange things for celebrities to come and try their hand at certain ideas, I guess, that they had or were pitched. Yeah. And a lot of weird things went on, especially in the mid 80s, all the way into the like early 90s I mean some of these were caricatures that we already knew like Martin Short brought his Ed Grimley to the cartoon that's right
2: oh how sad is that I've knocked my own musical instructor the lovable Mr. Muldane to the floor with my baton
1: that one was titled the completely mental misadventures of Ed Grimley I'll say I loved that show. And one of the reasons I loved that show is when I was a kid, I'd watch Nick at Night, and they would actually re uh, show reruns of uh, SCTV. Yeah, that's Which was right. kind of the Canadian version of Saturday Night Live. Had John Candy and all of those people on there. Martin Short was on there. He did the Ed Grimley character. But they also had Joe Flattery on there, and he did his character called Count Floyd, and <laughs> he was hilarious. Oh,
2: the story we have today, is I'm telling you, this is going to chill the cockles of your... Alright, once upon a creepy time.
1: And it was the only live action thing during the cartoon, but it was so good. Yeah. One thing I do remember on uh, Saturday morning, I think it was like '88, '87, somewhere around that time, that the people who did ren and Stimpy at the time, uh, they were hired and brought in to uh, reinvent. The Mighty Mouse cartoon And that came on And I was really into that Oh no
0: I, That's right I forgot about Mighty Mouse I watched, I used to watch that All the time as a kid Here I come To save the day Thank goodness Mighty Mouse Is on his way
1: so, Yeah Because I mean The old mighty mouse that was on i think in the 60s 70s somewhere around there they had that they had heckle and jekyll and stuff
0: right <laughs> totally forgot all about that yeah all right so, so those are more of the ones that i did watch
1: oh the heckle jekyll there's thing? shorts there's yeah.
0: shorts like tom and jerry and uh mm-hmm. uh whatchamacallit bugs bunny
2: i'm heckle and i'm jekyll private eyeballs correction
1: eyes So, funny story about the whole (laughs) Mighty Mouse, Heckle and Jekyll, Woody Woodpecker, all of those cartoons. Uh, There was a time back... You know, way back in the day when I was a kid, my mom would go shopping. Yeah, She would go to the grocery store. There was this big place. It was in Houston at the time, and it was uh, called uh, Fiesta. It was a grocery store called Fiesta. She would go in and do her shopping. She'd want to lug me around. Uh-huh. So she would drop me off. They had this little area that had. It was like a game room, and I had games and the pinball machine and all this stuff. But it also had this little thing that looked like a photo booth where how you kind of get in, you sit down, you close the curtain, and take your picture, except in this, you put in $0.25, $0.50, cents, whatever it was. You'd close the curtain, you'd sit there, and you'd watch cartoons. Oh! And you didn't really have control over what cartoons it would play. It would just start playing them, I and you'd just sit there and watch whatever mindless cartoon that they would play. So my mom would sit there and give me, like, a dollar and quarters or however much it was to occupy me for the however long she was going to be out there grocery shopping, just leave me alone in this booth, curtain closed, watching
0: cartoons. <laughs> yeah, stranger danger. Totally. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> totally.
1: Total- Little stranger danger type of scenario here you would put your kid just leave him alone while you go away for an hour and shop and i'm sure he'll be fine sitting there watching a cartoon all by himself but yeah that it was a
0: little booth played cartoons that's crazy i never saw that that's yeah yeah what pr- would have been a good idea back then maybe it's not a good idea now yeah
1: no it wasn't a good no. idea back then too i'm sure uh, i just lucked out <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway we got off topic back to Saturday morning cartoon talk uh, Saturday mornings ended up becoming a kind of a magnet for a lot of talent like celebrities to show up in yeah so you ended up having stuff like I don't know if it was uh, things pitched to these celebrities or if they came with their own ideas I do remember the late great John candy had one called camp candy
0: oh wow
2: it's a summer made of memories and
1: Uh, Sticking with the uh, SCTV alum, uh, Rick Moranis had one called Gravedale High. It was a cartoon, and I remember watching this too. He was a high school teacher of uh, in a high school that it was teenage monsters. What? Yeah.
2: Please take a seat. Yeah, we're dying to meet ya.
1: But yeah, that was a weird one. But also. Let's not forget, Mr. T had his own cartoon. Yeah, I was thinking that, and there was cereal that went along with that. And, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, Pee-wee knows about that cereal. Yeah, right.
2: Mr. T! I pity the poor fool, don't eat my cereal! <laughs>
1: But, yeah, Mr. T was huge in the early 80s to mid-80s. He was really a big phenomenon. Yeah, right. And uh, in his cartoon, he had live-action bits mixed in here and there where he'd interact with kids and stuff. And those live-action bits are what gave us the amazing song that he did, Treat Your Mama Right.
0: (laughs) Oh, man.
2: Mother, there is no other
0: like mother to treat her right. Yeah, MC Hammer did, too. Remember, MC Hammer had a cartoon. Oh, yeah. Hammer Man. Yeah.
2: Hammer Man! Hammer! Hammer Man! Hammer! Whenever
0: I can honestly
1: say I was never, have never, was never, ever into wrestling. <laughs> but I do remember watching a little bit the Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling Stars or something like
0: that. <laughs> you remember that, brother? Right, yeah. Now I've lost my
2: Hulkmobile. That's the last draw.
0: Popeye was... Pretty huge, and he goes back almost as far as Mickey Mouse. Yeah, probably. Uh, so, like the big, well, some of the earliest animations, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, he had it would be reinvented over and over again through yeah. time. And then, of course, there was the Robin Williams movie. That yeah, was popular when we were kids. But... Loved it. I had to bust you right in the mush. But I was never—I don't know—I was never really a big fan of that
1: okay yeah i i was a huge fan apparently i remember my mom telling me
0: yeah i i
1: was i was totally into it i even at one point i told my mom i'm like i want to eat raw spinach just like popeye and so she actually got me a can yeah of raw spinach and I took a bite, and that was that was it. I didn't want to be like Popeye anymore. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I watched the <laughs> I watched the cartoons. All right. And in that period of time, I was talking about like eighty seven, eighty eight area. They actually reinvented them, and they called it Popeye and Son. Right. But yeah, that's a rough property now. I was really into it back then, but I cannot imagine kids being into that now. That'd be a tough sell to kids. Is some one eyed sailor who gets. Spinach drunk and
0: beats <laughs> up people? I mean,
1: <laughs> I don't know how you'd sell that these days.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So since we were just talking about Popeye and how that was a cartoon and then became a movie, yeah. there was a lot of things in Saturday morning cartoons where they would take movies and say, hey, that would make a good cartoon and right. and, and turn them into Saturday morning cartoons. And sometimes you could kind of see, like, oh, yeah, that fits. I could see how that movie would transfer into a cartoon. Right. But other times it was like, what are they doing? uh uh-huh. So in this realm, uh, the Jim Carrey The Mask movie was turned into a cartoon show. Right. This is the Okay. Never really watched that show, so I don't know how that was. Uh, Back to the Future had a, a Saturday animated cartoon show and holy shit, I watched that to death. It was surrounded by these. Uh, it was it opened and closed with a live action Doc Brown, and he had uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy helping him do science experiments at the end. It was right, funny. Right.
2: Doctor Emmett L.
1: Brown here. It is my hope to chronicle through audiovisual means my
2: research involving air pressure and water pressure.
1: But yeah, because I love those movies so much, that that uh, cartoon really held a special place in my heart. It's silly, but I loved it. Hmm. So moving into the cartoons that didn't make a whole lot of sense why they had their own cartoon, it was Rambo. Rambo had his own cartoon.
2: Yeah. Rambo. Anywhere and everywhere, the savage forces of General Warhawk threaten the peace-loving people of the world. There's only one man to call. Get me
1: the toxic avenger had one. Oh, really yeah it was like him and a mutant crew that was
0: that doesn't make any sense because was like a hyper violent.
1: right right yeah exactly i don't know it was, it was a weird thing it was called toxic crusaders i never watched it but apparently they tried to make them out to be like superheroes cleaning up the polluted earth or something
2: <laughs> like that <laughs>
1: And let's not forget ultraviolet Robocop.
2: He has become
0: the ultimate super cop. Robocop. Yeah, I do. Well, they also had a Robocop TV show.
1: Oh, yeah, right. But I mean, you know, a cartoon of this mega violent film is just weird.
0: S- ultraviolet. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: But yeah. And then they had Police Academy. Police Academy had its own cartoon.
0: Oh, that sounds familiar, yeah. Police Academy, the series. Hooray!
1: Dumb and Dumber had its own cartoon. Dumb, really? Yeah.
0: I'm your brother Lloyd, and this is my pal Harry.
1: Bill and Ted, I actually remember watching. It was on CBS, I believe, and then it was moved to Fox like a season or two later. But when it was on CBS, it was actually Alex Winter... Uh, Keanu Reeves, and the late, great George Carlin all doing the voices of their characters from the films. And I remember it being kind of cool. It fell in that groove of, like, the Back of the Future thing, time travel and stuff. I liked
0: it.
2: Greetings, gentlemen. Rufus! We didn't know our most excellent future bud was devoted to grazing the gutters. Far from it, my friends. In fact, bowling is outlawed in the future. No way! Yes way!
1: Let's not forget about Highlander.
0: <laughs> wow, but soon an immortal will come to confront him. His name is Quentin McCloud. He is the
2: Highlander.
1: Yeah, it was uh, what a weird choice. <laughs> we have to cut people's heads off in these movies. Did that carry into the cartoon as well? <laughs> I would like yeah. to see that if it did. And we got to bring up Teen Wolf. I loved Teen Wolf, the movie with Michael J. Fox when it came out. As a kid, I loved that movie. I even loved the second one with Jason Bateman, Teen Wolf (laughs) 2. But they did a cartoon show, a Saturday morning cartoon show, and I freaking loved that show. Watched it every week. Couldn't wait.
0: I remember that.
1: And apparently, way back in the day, they had a Planet of the Apes cartoon.
0: Yeah, I do remember Planet of the Apes. It was, and that actually, like the artistry of that looks really cool. Oh, okay, but, cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. Return to the Planet of the Apes.
1: And for some reason, who knows what anyone was thinking about this one, but the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt had oh, his, really? yeah, he had his own Saturday morning cartoon show.
2: Yikes. Tales from the Crypt Keeper. <laughs>
1: So, Tim, before there was Pee Wee's Playhouse in 1986, in 1984, another comedian entertainer came along and did a children's television program for network TV. Yeah. And that was Richard Pryor in Pryor's oh, Place.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Whoa,
2: let's get on over
0: to Pryor's
2: place. Oh.
0: I don't remember it because of the time, right. I remember it because you showed it to me like right. two years yeah. ago. And- <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah and it has uh the ray parker jr sings yeah. the opening, opening theme. theme yep and the only other thing he's known for is the ghostbusters thing ghostbusters. Da- 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 who are you gonna call you know <laughs> but he has a very specific voice sound that you this know is... it's very clean and crisp
1: the, and and okay so the fact that richard pryor of all people has yeah. a kid's show right it just shows you what anyone will buy back then, you know, they go up to Richard Pryor. I mean, you can see him in the opening titles. It's on YouTube and stuff. You can tell he's completely disconnected. His eyes are dead. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, what the fuck am I doing?
0: Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah, money. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
1: You know what a bully is? That's someone who picks on you when you can't pick back. But I was a kid when Pryor's Place came on, and as I said before, it was around 1984, so I definitely was tuning into it. And uh, the toy was out with him and Jackie Gleason. I remember seeing that as a kid and everything. So, uh, you you know, back then I didn't think anything. Oh, this is that dude, that funny dude from from Superman 3 and the toy.
0: (laughs) His sellout period, yeah.
1: Right. And so I watched it every week. I was religiously watching it because I really liked him. And uh, the show only went, I think, about a season. I don't think it went any longer than one season. I'm sure there was a lot of problems behind the scenes, I'm sure. But anyway... Uh, the show was basically about a kid was playing Richard young, and then Richard would play older people that he knew. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, he played different characters and stuff like that. It gave him stuff to do. He played that old man character that he used to do on his concerts, but that was the gist. Right. And so he would do... The, there was even these weird-looking, like, rat puppet characters on there that always freaked me out. They were weird. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. They would go into the sewer. That's and,
0: fucking weird. Yeah. But, I mean, it's relatable if you grew up in Manhattan right, or in New York. I
1: Right, yeah. So maybe enough New Yorkers wasn't tuning in to watch his core audience, but <laughs> I I was tuning in, Richard. I was there for you. So I watched Pryor's Place.
0: Yeah, right. Pryor's <laughs> Place. Well, and Pee-Wee's Playhouse was on Saturday, oh. Saturday morning. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. Come in and pull
2: yourself up a chair.
1: It's so funny to think of how Pee-wee started because he was a comedian who came up with this character, turned it into like his own stage kind of show, and right, then that right. became a movie, and then that became a kid's show, and it's just weird to see that grow, but I loved Pee-wee, watched that every single week, loved it, couldn't wait. Yeah.
2: So what's today's thing about,
1: but yeah, man, that thing grew into a phenomenon. Pee-wee was huge at that time. Coming off that hit movie that Tim Burton did, the Pee-wee's Big Adventure, he went <laughs> into this show, but I think CBS approached him and basically asked him if he wanted to do a cartoon at first. He said, no, if I would do something like that, I'd want it to be a live action show. Uh-huh. That was just one of those shows that was really wacky and weird, and the theme that was done by uh, Cindy Lauper at the time was always super catchy. Right. And then, of course, you know you had Phil Hartman doing Captain Carl. (laughs) R.I.P. Phil Hartman, love you.
0: Right. Right. That's a lie, Pee Wee.
1: And then, of course, you had Cowboy Curtis, which was Lawrence Fishburne.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Thank you, Candace, and thank you, Pee Wee. Welcome.
1: Of course, uh, it had its uh, controversial ending. A lot of people think it was canceled because it was due to the controversial act that he was caught in. But actually, I guess he ended it before that happened. That just happened, and it was a coincidence. And so, uh, but he he took he took it. Actually, was pretty good stride, especially when he showed up at the MTV Awards. Uh, I think a year later after the the incident.
0: That's hilarious. You know, there there was a really good uh, X-Men cartoon.
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was in the 90s.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: man, I love that show. That would have been. That got me in. That was 92 to 95 when that show was on. It got me into reading x-men comic books because i'm a comic book nerd but i never read their comics but after that right i loved reading those comic books and the comic books of course were a lot deeper right. but the the com the cartoon was uh it, it kept in tone with the comic books of course it had to be a little more light-hearted but uh, my god that there was so rich with characters and stuff like that that cartoon
0: was one of the best superhero
1: cartoons i
0: think right One of the shows we need to talk about from uh, the later years of our lives that was pretty influential and cool, the Batman animated series.
1: Oh, fuck yeah. I love that show. That's one of my favorite shows. Not just animated shows, but favorite shows as a kid and an adult. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I love that show. It was so well done. I mean, that... That comes out around 1992. It was in correlation with the release of Batman Returns, the second one that Tim Burton did. That came out, and it wasn't received very well, the movie. Right, So right. the cartoon comes out, and it does everything that is so wonderful because it takes all of the lure and greatness that all the comic book lovers loved from Batman in the comics and it also combines some of the dark elements that Tim Burton did and so it's the best of both worlds really that's displayed yeah. and and so your you, comic book people love it and then people who don't know the comic book still love the show
0: it, it, it didn't matter right
1: Right, it caters to both ends
0: yeah it was entertaining and the guy who did the voice was was really had a great voice, Alfred. Analyze the militia forces, troop deployments, equipment movements. I want to know exactly what I'm up against. Yeah,
1: Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy yeah, is right. awesome, and and there are a ton of Batman fans out there, myself included, that when you're reading a Batman story, whether it's a comic or book, you hear Kevin Conroy's yeah, they hear, voice as, as Batman, right. and then Mark Hamill as the, the Joker. Joker. Right. I,
0: yeah. I've heard that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Let the good times roll.
0: <laughs> it almost seems to me like Mark Hamill enjoys the Joker more than he does Luke Skywalker, which I, I guess I can see why. Oh well, yeah. I mean, playing a
1: villain has got to be way more fun than playing the straight-laced hero, yeah. Guy, right. You know. But yeah, that show is so awesome. I love it so much. And I remember it started out during the weekdays. It had it right.
0: I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Monday it was, through Friday, or something. and and it had a really cool look to it. Oh too, yeah, you know? it's
1: a work of art yeah, in my dark, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, apparently the two producers of the show, Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, they were inspired by the fluid animation moves. Right. So, like, they looked at uh, Max Fleischer's 1930s Superman cartoons. Oh, okay. They took a lot of that from the elements of the coloring and all of the way the yeah. city looks. Yeah. All that right. Stuff. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But, I mean, I really can't praise this show enough. They just released the whole complete series on Blu ray. I got it. You have to get it if you are a fan of this show. It looks amazing.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah, so that's weird. Um, but then, as I think as things progress, you know, what we've learned is um, well, one of the things I did learn is there was a deregulation in the Reagan administration on advertisement. Towards kids, right. So then, what happened was there were actually toys made and cartoons were made after it, like He Man, Masters of the Universe, and all that stuff, right? Where and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which was a, it was a purchased property, but they basically bought it to sell toys, right? And all that stuff, and um, it became like this avenue for selling merchandise. Yep, of course. But then in 1990. The Children's Television uh, Act is passed, putting regulation back on how uh, programming is laid out, at least for kids. I guess they required um, more educational content, and they required less less advertising time was right. mandated. So, right. and it became more expensive for the networks to do to run Saturday morning cartoon.
1: Right. So basically, that act is passed in 1990, and then in 96, the FCC steps in and decides to get more aggressive about it. And they right. really start pushing it in there. So that's when you'll see things that uh, that are mainstays become a little bit more um, educational-centric. Right. So you start seeing right. more shows. Like there was a show called Beekman's World. I didn't watch it at the time, but I remember they would have... It would, it would basically be like a uh, uh, Mr. Wizard's
0: World or, or something right, where they right. teach
1: you neat little science experiments. But they also had funny little cartoons and stuff like that too Pee-wee, i guess did that a little bit
0: right they had like animal shows and stuff like right. that and then and then eventually it got to a point where like the cheapest thing to do was to sell product so they just right. kind of gave way to infomercials right and with like market hours and all that stuff and um syndication where they would repeat other shows because a lot of the children's programming was going to after school anyway.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: During the midweek and sports started coming in sports. Yeah. Yeah. They extended like today shows to the weekend, Right. Right. And and it was basically by the mid nineties, the Saturday morning thing was dead.
1: Went kaput. Yeah. It was, it was done. And if there was any hope for it to ever return, the next final nail in the coffin was the internet.
0: The internet, yeah, and extended cable with things like Boomerang and Cartoon Network and all that stuff. They they not only were they re- replaying old favorites, right. they were starting to come up with new shit on their own, right? And uh,
1: taking old commodities know. of shows like Harvey Birdman and all of that stuff. And- yeah,
0: the uh, the uh, <laughs> right when Adult Swim first comes out, right. they do the. Uh, uh, Space Ghost. They Space think Ghost, Space yeah. Ghost was a character, like a weird Hanna Barbera superhero character from the '70s or whatever, right. or '60s, and they just gave him the same guy and gave him this weird talk show where he right. would interview real people and just say, <laughs> and a lot of really weird, random shit would happen, and it right. was so funny. Yeah. That show was so funny. Yeah, yeah. And then you know the internet comes along, and and I think kids these days don't even really watch tv they watch ipads phones right
1: yeah exactly yeah and
0: and youtube
1: and here's the thing everything these days is instant gratification at your fingertips right so if you want to watch ghostbusters the real ghostbusters you just go bloop boom right. yeah done that's all you do right right but, yeah, that was the official end of the era for that whole thing, the Saturday morning cartoons. And, and even after school cartoons, I'm pretty sure, are completely gone now. It's all just all digital downloads and stuff. Like, and so, you know, I have fond memories of watching stuff back then because it's stuff that, oh, I remember watching Like that. Turbo Teen. <laughs> no, not that but uh, like watching the things that you remember being good and then you watch them and they're not so good, but also going back and looking at the stuff that was playing at the time you were watching these things that you loved that were on other channels that you didn't get around to watching and seeing how bizarre or crazy or sometimes even how good they were. And it's just, it's really cool to be able to go back and look at all of these things and experience them again. And I do, I do have a nostalgia for that stuff and I miss it,
0: but not Turbo Teen. It's just the dumbest concept.
1: Anyway, to start to right. close this whole thing down, kind of bring it to an end, final thoughts here. Uh, the Today, it just seems like because everything is at your fingertips and instant access on Netflix and Hulu and all of these things, that, uh, I mean, back in our day, we didn't have all of that, of course. We just had to wait for it to come on, and I think that's why... Action figures played such a big part in our childhood, uh, my childhood, I know for sure. You could get into things and really collect them, and you could expand what you love as far as like shows and stuff by collecting these things and making your own adventures. So you'd collect G.I. Joes and Transformers and you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Super Friends. And, Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Star Wars. You get these action figures because you're like, I want to see more, and if I, they won't show me what I want, then I'm going to
0: create my like own created, little adventure. Like, right. Right. right getting the big ships and stuff like that. You right.
1: Know? And you see these days that the only one that buys action figures is people you're in my
0: age. My <laughs> are <laughs> the same one. Yeah. I didn't get to have the millennium Falcon when I was eight.
1: Right. Exactly. So now my bedroom looks like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, that would never fly with my fiance. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Understandably. <laughs> But, it, I mean, I think it was a fun topic. It's fun to get into and re-experience some of these things and find things like you did, like <laughs> Bigfoot and all oh, of these yeah. other things.
0: Far out, Space Nuts. <laughs> it was definitely the weirdest in the 70s. Yeah,
1: no, for in sure. Re-
0: in researching this, it's, it, that's definitely where it was I think off that, the chain. I just think straight.
1: that it is because the 70s, one, were just one of those times where everything artistic was just... Looney Tunes out there,
2: yeah, bonkers, right, crazy. Right, you know,
1: regular right. movies were, TV was that wasn't just catered to kids. But when you get into kids programming and you have the kind of minds that were going around then, drug induced or not, your your, <laughs> your 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 imagination can go way bigger and and further with kid programming. Right. So you might get things like. Sid and Marty Croft and the great space coaster and whatever else is out there.
0: Come on board.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, well, thanks for coming along, Tim, on this journey through kids programming that we remember our nostalgic.
0: Yeah. You too, Derek and people of the audience.
1: Oh, I don't know if we should thank them. They've been laughing at us this whole
0: time. (laughs) Yeah. It's not with us, but at us. Right cockadoodies turkeys. <laughs> but make send sure. money to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. If, if
1: you laughed with us, send money. If you laughed at us, send money because you owe us. You shouldn't have been <laughs> laughing. That's not nice. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Yes. thank you very much.
1: But I mean, audience, we do want to hear what you think about this topic. What were some of your favorite shows? Did we mention them on this show, or did we not? If we didn't, let us know. Drop us a line.
0: Yeah, and there, I know there's plenty that we forgot or didn't get to. You right, know, yeah. And probably some obvious ones, too, but... Yeah, so uh, let us know, and uh, in the meantime, we're going to be getting our cereal bowls ready, and... Uh,
1: yeah, we got to find somewhere that's actually... Watching
0: shit on YouTube. we got to yeah. watch it on YouTube, right. because it's not on TV anymore. <laughs> yeah.
1: Tim's going to do a marathon of Bigfoot.
0: And Wild Boy. And wild Boy, yeah. Wild Boys <laughs> never lose it. Oh, Jesus. All right, I'm going to touch the button this time. Hey, watch where you
1: put that finger.